Episode 4, The Christopher Nolan Batman Trilogy. Welcome to Sequel Quest, the podcast that dares to imagine sequels to your favorite films and movie franchises. A journey into the realm of cinematic possibilities. With your hosts, Adam, Jeff, Justin, and Jeremy. Let the adventure begin now. New Batman montage intro in three, two, one. Here we go. Speak of the devil, and he shall appear. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. Everybody, I uh, want to thank you all for coming here tonight. If you're good at something, never do it for free. The idea was to be a symbol. That man could be anybody. That was the point. Where is he? I don't know where he is. He found us. He must have friends. No one cared who I was till I put on the mask. What the hell are you? I'm Batman. Where are you? Here. <laughs> I don't, don't want to kill you. What would I do without you? Go back to ripping off mob dealers? No, no, no. No, you. You complete me. What gives you the right? What's the difference between you and me? I'm not wearing hockey pants. Let's not stand on ceremony here, Mr. Wayne. Ah, yes. I was wondering what would break first. Your spirit? Oh, your buddy! The only sensible way to live in this world is without rules. And tonight you're gonna break your one rule. I'm considering it. Do you know how I got these scars? It's not who I am underneath, but what I do that defines me. Bruce? You finally learned to do what is necessary. I won't kill you, but I don't have to save you. Tell me where the trailer is. Then you have my permission to die. If you're working alone, wear a mask. I'm not afraid to be seen standing up to these guys. The mask's not for you. It's to protect the people you care about. You either die a hero, or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. I can do those things, because I'm not a hero. I'm like that. I killed those people. That's what I can be. No, no, you can't. You're not. I'm whatever God needs me to be. Welcome to Sequel Quest. You made it. Congratulations. Now, uh, whether you are joining us from uh, across the world or from the depths of the Narrows, we are uh, glad to have you here for an episode that uh, is long anticipated by the hosts and hopefully by all of you out there. Uh, we are about to cover a, a film franchise today that broke box office records and just uh, entertained people for many years. Uh, we are talking today about the Christopher Nolan franchise of Batman films. Well, we are, uh, we're not quite a dynamic duo. I guess we're uh, the quintessential quartet. Uh, so let's go around. We're going to go with the roll call. Hi, I'm Jeremy. Hey, I'm Justin. And I am Jeff. And I'm Adam. 
And again, we are excited to have you here today. We are just going to jump right into this because this is a hotly anticipated topic for all of us, uh, and we all have a history to share. Uh, so why don't we just uh, start out, Jeremy, tell, tell us a little bit about your history with this this franchise. History with the Nolan trilogy. Um, the first two movies I really didn't watch until afterward. Um, it was like 2009 when I actually got to see them. I was in Africa for two years and missed the whole dark night phenomena that happened back here in the U.S. Wow. I'm sorry for you. I feel bad for you. Yeah, but I got to live through the Dark Knight Rises incident and everything else. Ah. Like, by then, I was working in media. I was working on a radio station, and I got to do some little cameos and attend the media premieres. So they rolled through with the Dark Knight Rises, and I was like, I gotta go get this. So I went and saw that about a week before the movie showed. Was there any, were there studio executives there? Could you spot anybody, any cast members? Uh, no, 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 no. These were... Was Christian Bale there in costume? No, no. There was some other guy doing a horrible, I am Batman. <laughs> so it was Christian Bale. Oh. <laughs> it might have been, but I don't think he was wearing the eye black. But then, uh, like, this was one of those movie premieres where they didn't allow the media to take in their phones. Like, they were mm. they were ziplocking your phone into a bag and putting it their little safe they had there that was portable. And oh man, yeah, like it was under wraps, and they wouldn't allow you to talk about it at all. It was embargoed up until like the day before. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. totally imagining somebody like picking you up from your house and like putting a bag over <laughs> your head, driving you to the premiere, putting you in the seat, and then removing the bag as you're like huffing right. and puffing and crying. It, it was a scarecrow like, mask. Disclosed location. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah. not quite. Like the the media premieres happen all over, and they cycle through the different theaters throughout town here. And so, it just so happened it ended up one near my house so i was able to go well a week later like i gotta be up at like three four in the morning to be in studio for the radio show but all my friends i'm like dude you gotta go see this new batman movie the dark knight rises go watch it we're, we're all gonna go watch it midnight premiere so we did we went and watched it and all throughout like halfway through the movie my phone starts going off like i've got news alerts and everything that happened just because I'm in the media, like, I got to talk about this stuff. And it just kept going off. I was like, what the heck is going on? So I get out of the movie, and I'm, like, sitting there, and pull out the phone, and it's just a string of notifications, like, there's been a shooting, and this, and that, and I was like, what just happened? And so we get back to the station, like, I didn't even go home that night. I went straight to the radio station, and, like, I didn't get to talk about the movie, like, because the, there was bigger news like right and and that's that's the sad thing that's going to overshadow this movie the tragedy that that's now attached to it permanently now a shadow has loomed over the podcast no jokes can be made i was gonna say it's funny and i i feel kind of bad about this but like i i totally forgot that happened and the fact you were talking about i was like what tragedy is he talking about and then you went into it and i was like oh my god that's right that whole thing that, that was awful that was just awful but we should probably talk about something else. Yeah, this is the Dark Knight trilogy. Like, this is Batman from beginning to the supposed end. And yeah, but I love acknowledge it. it. And I think like, you brought it up. And it's well, and not only that, but I think <laughs> thank like, you for bringing us down. It is one thing that is such a huge big deal. Like, it, it it's it's a part of 
this whole thing because not only do you have all of that, but you also have Heath Ledger. I mean, that's a huge big part yeah, of exactly. this thing that is definitely connected to it and intertwined, I think, with how it, it sinks into our culture. Speaking of which, Jeff, how to have the uh, the films affected you? What was the impact of the Nolan franchise for you? Oh man, uh, this is a this is a tough one. I mean. <sighs> I'm going to try and limit myself. I was telling everyone beforehand that uh, I'm going to try and edit my own self because I could go on for hours, as it sounds like Jeremy could as well. I think we all could, but um, because I've got lots to say about the superhero genre in general. Um, But for me, I'm a really, I'm a huge big admirer of those first two Tim Burton Batman films. I think those, I could go on and on about how amazing those two films were. So when these came out, I already came in a little on the skeptical side um i mean i was with everybody else that after the wb or well warner brothers uh ruined the franchise with joel schumacher uh we were kind of hoping for a resurrection and that's exactly what nolan brought um but for one like i'm a really big christopher nolan fan but i have no idea why you would choose someone like christopher nolan who's famous for doing you know like inception and memento and things that are really mind benders why you look at a guy like that and you go let's have him direct a superhero movie like i it just doesn't make any sense to me personally and for me like i don't know the fundamental thing that i think about this trilogy that always gets to me is that it seems like it's it's because i i I think to be honest because of heath ledger's performance in the second movie it has made this entire trilogy incredibly overrated um which i know is shocking to a lot of people that this is a beloved beloved trilogy but for me at least i remember when batman begins came out and it got a very lukewarm reception, as I recall. Like, people were like, oh, that, that was nice. You know, that's a different spin. Okay, that's interesting. And it came out right around kind of a similar time as with uh, Superman Returns, which, again, kind of had that very lukewarm. That was maybe a little bit more negative because I think people were more anticipating uh, Superman Returns. Yeah, that was bad. Uh, yeah, and so, and then, like, but, yeah, Batman Batman Begins wasn't, like, people weren't going crazy in the streets. And then all of a sudden, Dark Knight came out, and Heath Ledger was so transformational in that role that, for me, I think he lifted up this entire franchise where people all of a sudden started thinking that Batman Begins was better than it was. And then Dark Knight Rises came out, and for me, if you take that movie all by itself, there are so many plot holes and so many things that are just kind of, like, what? How did you? Uh, not only the fact that just the premise itself makes the second movie irrelevant, then it kind of drags it back down again. But again, that second movie just buoys the entire thing back up again. So for me, it's always been kind of a, a point of contention, at least, because so many people love it so much. And I feel like it, it does... It, it gets more than it's it deserves, I think, in, in as far as respect is concerned. And my major one, which I got to throw out, is Christian Bale, is that I'm sorry. I think, one, if for no other reason, then come on, people. His Batman voice is ridiculous. Like, how are we taking this seriously? Like, he's talking like this the entire movie. We've made fun of it for so long, but nobody... It's, I, 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 it just it, I don't get it now don't and, get and, it. That, and just take into account when, when I first found out who he was I was like it's 
the kid from Newsies? Yeah. The kid double. from Newsies is Batman. And Jeff <laughs> used to do this impression of Christian Bale in, in Newsies singing about Santa Fe with his super lisp as a lisp. kid. And that's all I could think of when I fr- saw the first film. And I, I was just like, <laughs> Santa Fe. I, I don't know how this song goes. But, but you know, so like, it was gonna be, you think it was going to be a musical? Is that what you... I, I, I yes, was the Batman the, oh, Batman the musical. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we'll get into the, the sequel, Batman the Musical, coming later. Yeah, absolutely. Bad Most bad. of our shows end up being musical, right? <laughs> well, one out of four now. Exactly, exactly. So, Justin, what about you? What, what, what are you thinking about the, the franchise? Uh, uh, so, I just have to go on record as saying that uh, Jeff is wrong, uh, obviously. Take obviously. that, Jeff. Yeah. Take, yeah, yeah. The, the, the silence afterwards. Take uh, so Batman, I really enjoyed them. Yes, to to agree with parts of what Jeff was saying, um, his, his Batman voice is ridiculous. Uh, as you. Bane's Thank Bane you. voice, because you, you you just make fun of that. That's what people did for days and weeks, and still I hear it occasionally these days. People do the Bane voice and be like, <laughs> "That was hilarious." But um, <laughs> I uh, welcome to Gotham. Yeah, it just it's crazy. <laughs> What's the He's word? Like, He's like a Muppet. He's like a weird Muppet. Um, but uh, I, what I really liked about these movies and what I kind of didn't like about the Joel Schumacher movies um, was the Schumacher ones were like just so fantastical and all about spectacle and there wasn't really anything to them, I didn't think. I kind of got sick of those quick. But I really liked, for me at least, um, it brought the tone down, made it more real, uh, slowed it down a little bit, and I really appreciated that. Um, I also I also appreciated appreciated the complexity of the stories themselves. The that he brought in that what you guys were talking about the memento ness of uh, the plot, and it wasn't just like you know a lot of the Marvel movies these days are just sort of like. A uh, hero starts the journey, bad things happen, horrible things happen. He comes back and he saves the day. There's a lot more to uh, these Batman plots, I don't, think. Don't badmouth my Marvel boys. Oh, no, I'm not, I'm not badmouthing. There's just a, there's a formula, and, and they do it well to, to appease the Jeremys of us. Well, um, I, I do see that, but at the same time, they have to get the intro out of the way. Right. And totally. and that's much like what we got in Batman Begins. Like it was right. a formulaic introduction to the character or reintroduction. Jeremy, you like Marvel a lot, don't you? Oh, I do, but I love Batman stories. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So I just really, I I really dug them. I had a great time. The I mean, we brought up Heath Ledger, like tragic that he that it it seemed like from what I understood from what I read that it was kind of this movie and uh, maybe some others that kind of brought him to that place or maybe not maybe it was just him uh, as a person things he was dealing with on a personal level but like that performance was unbelievable and me I was thinking like nobody's gonna beat Jack Nicholson that guy was amazing so cool to watch and I was blown away so um, I think I saw all of them in IMAX was there an IMAX when the first one Came out. I don't was know that, about the first thing? one. No, I don't think they were um, doing it back then as much. IMAX was a pretty rare occasion. Well, I, I remember. Seeing, I think it. I just saw maybe the last one. Maybe yeah, they might have shown it like around here. They might have shown it on an IMAX screen, but they didn't shoot it like it wasn't the true IMAX experience. I think it was right. just IMAX with the big sound and everything like that. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I mean, these were definitely like movies you got to see. Uh, uh, for me, movies I had to see on the biggest screen that was in my area. <laughs> like, what's it? I'm looking up online. Like, that was biggest. Uh, it's a couple inches off of this one, so I might as well go to the, pay the extra twenty two instead of twenty. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, uh, yeah, I just, I had a great time with these movies. I really got into them and was just, I was lost in it except for, you know, the every once in a while, just kind of giggling at, at their voices. And, and I mean, just to set the story straight, I didn't get into too much on the positive side. <laughs> I liked them from the fact that it brought it to a grounded standpoint. Like, yeah. The previous Batman incarnations were over the top and campy. Yeah. Had their moments. We enjoyed them, obviously, but at the same time, this was Batman if it were to actually happen today. And I mean, there are so many billionaires in the world today, and nobody has become Batman. Like, they're failing (laughs) at this. I'm waiting. That we know of. Somebody get somebody get a Kickstarter campaign going. Let's get let's get. Yes, I need a billion dollars. I need a billion dollars and a company to become Batman. Adam, what what are your thoughts? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, first off, the the one name we have not thrown around in the Batman lore that was a huge part of bringing me in was the Adam West Batman series, the reruns of the '60s TV show. I watched that Saturday afternoons like religiously. And, and, but my my real introduction to Batman actually was Batman meets Scooby Doo that crossover oh, no. cartoon. Oh, nice. That's how I found how out am who I not Batman the least was. Surprised at that. <laughs> <laughs> and like, and truthfully, like I I followed Batman like through all the different animated iterations over the years. Like especially like the animated series from yeah. the nineties was Batman Begins. Yeah, Batman yeah. Beyond was was or Batman Beyond. Yeah, Batman yeah. Beyond. Yeah, I mean that that's where I kind of uh, I, I kind of left the animated versions of batman but then like the whole thing is like i was always a marvel guy i was always a spider-man guy but spider-man was hard to come by in live action unless it was the 70s tv movies or the japanese version yeah or the japanese which is pretty awesome with this robot they're pretty ridiculous But but like so but you just didn't see him. But Batman, he owned like the Hollywood superhero deal, you know, like Superman had his day in the late 70s, early 80s. And then Batman just like was killing it over and over again. And then so when when the Nolan movies came out, like I was just like, wow, I mean, it just felt like there had been a drought of decent superhero movies. And I was like, I was actually I was living in Utah at the time and I was like. Uh, a month in to my brief two months of going to a four-year university before I dropped out. I was going to movies instead of going to class. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and so that summer in 2005, I remember seeing Fantastic Four at Batman Begins. And which one do you think I enjoyed more? <laughs> Fantastic. Oh. Uh, oh. Sorry. <laughs> Wrong. So, um, but, but Jessica what, Alba? <laughs> nope. She couldn't even save it. Oh. Um, but uh, but like for me, like just from the opening of Batman Begins, what you guys are talking about that grounded reality. But for me, I just loved him being in that Chinese prison and this guy who looked like an evil version of a friend of ours from high school named Yang Zhang comes up to him. You are hell, little man, and I am the devil. You know, you're not the devil. Your practice. Like, I just, I love, like, how, like, overly dramatic it was, but it was just so cool in that moment. And, and like, that that's really where they grabbed me. That and, like, the end where he says, you know, I don't, I'm not going to kill you, but I don't have to save you. And then flies out the back of the, you know, the train. Like, to me, like, those movies just, like, cemented, okay, this was awesome. Like, I, I enjoyed this whole experience. Yeah. And then, you know, of course, you get into, we've talked about it over again, but 
Heath Ledger, like, there wasn't a second of screen time that he wasted as the Joker. Like, it was just su- yeah. such a, a fantastic performance that I got excited. And then, you know, um, I, I'm not going to lie. I was really bored with Dark Knight Rises. Like, I literally was looking at my watch during that movie. I was like, "Is it? has it seriously been two and a half hours still? And we're going? Like, and I just, my biggest gripe with that film, actually, is I wish they would have killed Matthew Modine's cop character <laughs> or just not had him at all. Like, he, I, he, they I, did he, kill no, him. I mean, they killed him, but you didn't care. Like, I wish he just would have been a death at the beginning, very quickly, get him out of the way, because we were supposed to feel something for him. Like, he had some redemption. And we didn't even see him die. No, he's just a dead body in the street. Like, it was just, I don't know why he was in there. And that just always upset me. But then to balance it all out, of course, you have your, you have your, uh, your Tom Hardy as Bane. And like, just I so often I'm just walking down the street and I randomly am quote, I'm entertaining myself with the Bane voice. (laughs) as Justin alluded to. Uh, Yeah. I was wondering what would break first. Your spirit, or your body? <laughs> like, I just, like it's, it's just so fun. I love really that you well put done, Adam. Really yes, yeah. you're talking. Yes, to the dramatic pause. That is correct. That was the Actually, moment. Actually, Adam, can you back. just do the rest of the podcast in that voice? Exactly. Absolutely, Justin. No, but but like the the bottom line is for me with the Batman movies is I'm I'm the comic book fan. Like uh, like just for me like comics were always where it was at i was reading the source of trail in the 90s i was always a bigger robin guy than i was like i was so excited when when uh chris uh, (laughs) o'donnell showed up in batman forever i was like it's robin and he's wearing the new costume i don't believe it and then of course they didn't bring him back for the the nolan films but but either way like the i just i love i love the comics and nolan never like he took a little bit of inspiration, but he didn't adapt anything directly. But I, but I still think he just he got the essence of Batman right in in all of his films. Yeah. And from for, from that perspective, it was just uh, it was exciting to see. Well, along those lines, and that's kind of one of and that was one of my my beefs because I'm like you, Adam, where I, I'm a purist and I, I like I I feel like what made something popular should be what we put on screen. And so like why you would make a Wolverine movie where he never puts on his iconic costume, uh. I have no idea still waiting there's one movie left the thing that that puzzles me about nolan's choice because like you guys said and it's it's what i heard a lot that what a lot of people liked about it was this whole like reality thing it was let's let's pretend batman is a real person and how would he really do this well he would have a military outfit and he would have a converted tank that we turn into a batmobile and blah 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 but it's the strange thing that that's never been what DC as a comic company has been about. They've been about the exact opposite. Marvel was always the company that was about reality, where you've got, you know, like the the X-Men that are in Massachusetts and you've got Spider-Man who lives in New York City, whereas in DC you've got Metropolis and you've got Gotham City and you've got Coast City and you've got it's a whole different world. And the bad guys, they were never wrestling with like like in, you know, in the X-Men in, in Marvel, they're wrestling with like racism and like we hate mutants because they're different than us whereas in dc there's none of that the joker is not even remotely human he's a cartoonish like way over the top sort of a thing so it seemed like such a strange choice to take dc realistic it's just kind of like again why not why not have dc be dc 
but but I, again, I think I think Jeff that it was it was necessary. It was that cleansing of the palate from the Schumacher films that we talked about. Yes, to where we needed to have that because now if you look at Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, if you want to get the whole title in there, like it, they are taking it like I they're taking it to a more fantastical level. It, it's still like the grim and gritty, but it's getting it's getting a little out there. I they're think. taking like the Nolan grounded approach and building upon it with the fantastical elements the mysticism yeah. the mythical stories of these characters and yeah. bringing it to life because yeah. yeah. for me though i feel like and again that's one of the reasons that i'm such a huge fan of the burton fa- films is because what tim burton did i think that's exactly what he did is that um like when they wanted to make this batman movie they were so worried about adam west because that was all people not him himself but that was all people remembered about batman was these adam west campy silly goofy that sort of thing so they said where like they went and found this kid tim burton who all he had directed was like dark and like he has a definite style and they said let's give him although to be perfectly fair and honest that's kind of like giving christopher nolan the keys to the car because like nothing in christopher nolan's profile says superhero but nothing in tim Burton's profile said superhero and then he turns out this which completely redefined who Batman was even the comic books got changed after he sh- he completely shifted everything right so for and, me, and and I, I think that was a lot of the public latched onto this version for some reason and of course DC is going to react that way because they're a business they're trying to attract yeah. sales of comic books so if you twist things a little bit or bring them closer to what people are wanting, hopefully they will branch out and yeah. join. Speaking of which, though, f- as you're talking about that, I like they're they're trying to sell so much more than comic books, and that was the one thing that I noticed with the Nolan films was so different from the the '89 Batman release. Like when Burton's first Batman film came out. That was like a media blitz, like everything, like every, there were sneakers, you know, there, were, there there was just like everything you could imagine when it had a Batman logo on it. They had the best toys. Bob the Goon got an action figure. You know what I'm saying? Like they did everything they could. And then when the, the Nolan films came out, like there were a couple action figures at Toys R Us, but there, it felt like there was like nothing like they, they really yeah. were not trying that. Like this is not for kids. We're literally not going the yeah. kid route. But, you know, by not releasing anything that they're going to want, just these tiny action videos. Yeah. I was like, that's crazy. Well, and I wonder if some, like we were, like Jeremy started off by talking about, I wonder if some of that, like the, the controversy surrounding it, that kind of scared some of that merchandising away. But, I mean, there wasn't controversy of the, the first two films, really. There wasn't yeah. the second one. Oh, yeah. You feel After like the Joker thing? There was a lot. There was maybe even more with the Dark Knight than there was with Dark Knight Rises. True. With the way, with the way Heath passed. Right. It, it was all encompassed in do we play off of this do we try to make money off this like it, it's See, a I, moral I, I conundrum it different i always just thought people were like oh you know it's tragic that he was gone but i never felt like there was like this dark cloud looming over the film maybe oh, yeah. i just missed I that so. but to me i well, was this- like Oh, his last great performance. Awesome. Yeah, but he got like the posthumous uh, right, uh, his family Oscar. Accepted the Oscar. And yeah. the, well, but not only that, but there were shootings that they said were inspired by the Joker. There were several shootings on the opening weekend of Dark Knight. Like it, it was. Yeah, it, it I, was a cloud. Huh. It didn't receive as much publicity as. Well, granted, that's four years, four right. more years of media coverage. Four more years of 24-7 news outlets on the internet. So I can see where it didn't get as much traction. And sadly, that's that's where a lot of those 
happen is because they want the attention. I also wonder, though, too, I mean, you kind of brought up, like, in 89, like, we're in the era of the blockbuster now. Whereas back then, like, when Batman came out, oh, my gosh, there was nothing like it. Uh, but now, you know, even if we didn't, like you said, kind of like a return to comic book movies, but comic book movies, like, even in this new resurgence, uh, I mean, you know, the, the Raimi Spider-Mans and like, it's, it's kind of old hat at this point. So it's not necessarily a novelty. Well, you know, well, the novelty now is, which is crazy to me, but the novelty now is that they actually are like in many cases taking the inspiration directly from the comics whereas before for so many years it was about how do we interpret this for hollywood how do we interpret this for the masses and now they're just realizing no no no, these were great stories there's a reason these characters were beloved and they're actually lifting stories and characters and and everything directly from the comics so i think that is where the, the kind of the next stage of superhero movies is is oh wait here's the great stories that were already told yeah I, yeah and I, they're I, already doing that with a lot of the, yeah, uh, the X-Men movies. And, Marvel yeah. ones. Well, yeah. I don't know about X-Men, but the other, the, the Marvel ones. Certainly yeah, are. The, the main Disney Marvel ones are doing a lot of taking panels from the comics and envisioning them on screen. Like yeah. the yeah. dive into battle where everyone in the beginning uh, Age, of of Ultron, Age of Ultron. Yeah. Like there's a lot more of that going on. Whereas with Nolan, you couldn't fully do that with the Batman he portrayed. Like, I've yeah, seen yeah. comics with the Bane style that he chose, but wearing, like, the luchador mask rather than the ventilator. <laughs> and it, it is interesting, I think, too, that, like, with the, the keeping the Nolan one in mind, and like you guys are saying about, is that DC has definitely gone, for those that are familiar or not familiar with the comic side of things they definitely have gone through a like a, a transition over the last i don't know how many years but like when frank miller came in and did like batman year one and then now we're talking about like insidious dc has been much more willing than marvel to go dark where they have gone really dark heavy dirty kind of storylines um and yeah. they're willing to go down those roads so then making a movie that is much darker. I mean, that was kind of one of the critiques, but that's where it also kind of made sense about, like, um, Man of Steel, where Man of Steel was much, much darker than one would expect from a Superman film, but that's kind of where DC is. DC's living dark these days, and so, yeah. and Nolan was kind of right at the right at the forefront of that, I felt. And I have to say that I love it. I am all for going down that road, and I don't know how to take it any further, but, like, to differentiate themselves from Marvel exactly. and uh, to set that tone, I just, I, I eat it up. I mean, I, I wasn't the biggest fan of the uh, last Superman movie, but... Um, but just the way they're going with all those, the way they're, the direction that they're taking it in, I just, I love it. Yeah, I'll, Sinister I'll, Six looks amazing. Yeah. No, not is Sinister that, uh, Six. Which, oh, no, it's Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. <laughs> Cut that. Yes. They're, yes. they're also doing, guy. they're also doing Justice League Dark. Oh, really? Oh, is oh, it? Oh, wow. Yeah, there's. Although I heard it's not going to be, they originally said it was going to be based on Insidious, and I think they said they backed off from that because Insidious gets really dark. That's where Superman kills. The Joker. Yeah, they didn't want to do that anymore. Yeah, no, that's what I've heard. Well, guys, uh, before before I, we get into the pitch, oh. I wanted to share this just little fun fact that for me is just like my favorite <laughs> thing about the Nolan films. So when when in in the Dark Knight, you know, we meet the mayor. I don't know if he was in Batman Begins. I think he shows up in in the Dark Knight. Wait, Nest is that the mayor that has the like eye makeup? Yes, he's got that thick movies? eye makeup for some reason. Nestor Carbonell is his name. Now he he has two. <laughs> 
uh, amazing credits to his name. Number one is he was the Cuban guy on Suddenly Susan with Brooke Shields. He was like, Shushan, Shushan. I must tell you, I don't know if you remember Suddenly Susan, but that's where I knew him from. <laughs> but but he also, but he has a Batman connection prior to to this. He was what? on the short-lived Patrick Warburton starring oh, The no. Tick TV series. Yes, I remember that. He was Batman Well. Now, the crazy thing is, Batman Well was an adaptation of a Tick character called De Flyder Mouse, who was much That's more right. of a Batman homage you know batman parody so and, and when i first found out he wasn't going to be deflated about so i was like oh that's too bad but then every time somebody said batman well like it just cracked me up like i just that is the best like play on ba- the batman name that i could ever imagine it batman is batman well, well. <laughs> i don't think i will ever watch those movies and not have that in my head <laughs> from now on. when i everybody. see that guy i'll be like oh dude that is Batman well. Uh, Batman well with a lot of eye makeup. Oh, boy. All right. Do we well, even you... need to do like an IMDb on this? Because we all know these movies. Absolutely. And if you're listening to this, you know these movies. Like they were cult, <laughs> right. pop culture. Let's get into some actual pitches. I want to go last. Like I've got, I've been sitting on this for two weeks. Can you keep it under 20 minutes? That's uh, I don't know. This might push 20 minutes. Like I might be going for Adam's record. Yeah, I mean this this is exciting right. stuff for Jeremy. So, uh, does anybody want to volunteer to go first, or should I just jump in? I'm I'm happy to do it. I'll I'll take the reins. Go for, go it. for it. All right. So um so first I have a question. At the end of the third movie, is he supposed to be Robin or Nightwing, or y- you guys seem to be a lot more into the comics than I am. I thought I was into the comics, and listening to you guys, I'm like I yeah I I have I know nothing. That is left up to the imagination. Exactly. Yeah, I think it was intentionally left vague. All right. Well, uh, to continue in Nolan's wonderful footsteps, I will give you my fourth movie. Uh, uh, So I didn't didn't call it any of the Robin Rises. Robin Rises. We'll call it that. All right. That's a good one. Um, so Robin is now the new Batman in Gotham and finding his footing, uh, is difficult because he is not as strong or as smart as Bruce Wayne was. Also, the media proclaims that the new Batman is quote unquote shorter. Uh, he, uh, he gets help from Commissioner Gordon, who is like a father mentor to him and Lucius Fox, who hires people to train him under the guise of, well, whatever Lucius cleverly makes up. In the city, the topic of the day is the rebuilding effort after the attack from Bane and how a few accidents have caused major delays in the reconstruction. Another more controversial but related topic is the rebuilding a new expansion of Arkham Asylum proposed by Jeremiah Arkham, who, after a little bit of research I found, is an actual character. There, there's a yeah, character that's Jeremiah amazing. Arkham. I didn't know you did know that you were referencing the comics. Nice. That's great. I, no, I, I'm on it. I'm on it. I, I win on the webs. Uh, so, uh, proposed by Jeremiah, Jeremiah Arkham, now the owner and head of research at Arkham, who had taken back control of the asylum after the Crane family took it from him many years ago. Because then I read some other stuff that was like the history of the movies, and apparently the Crane family owned Arkham. And so I said they had to take it back. Anyway. Before Bane's attack, the Joker had been causing too many problems in the asylum and the Cranes had been seen as incompetent. 
Jeremiah and some of the elite in Gotham believe that the new expansion is needed because of the ever-growing number of crazies that Batman and now the new shorter Batman have attracted to the city and that the new research division will only help to reform the Joker and these other deranged lunatics. Later on, Commissioner Gordon calls on Robin because a new recruit, Eddie, has discovered that the accidents that have been slowing the rebuilding of the city are not accidents. Eddie, a little awkward of a guy, shows Robin the lead uh, on the next attack. In the same conversation, Eddie praises the new Batman and is looking forward to when Arkham is rebuilt so there's a place for the crazies that harm this city. Gordon interjects and says that he doesn't believe that more room for incarceration is the answer. Following up on Eddie's lead in an effort to save another of the city's rebuilding efforts, which he does, Robin finds a written clue. The next day at a televised Gotham public committee hearing, Jeremiah Arkham retracts his old comment about the newer Batman being shorter and worse and all that stuff and now praises this new vigilante for saving the day. At the same time, Jeremiah shows in his argument how the growing menace in this city only proves that more incarceration is needed. Commissioner Gordon, who leads the opposition in this hearing, gives an impassioned speech, only to be laughed at by Jeremiah, who quips about Gordon's old-fashioned notions of safety. Something in Jeremiah's final comment makes Robin think about the clue he found at the crime scene, and he comes to believe that part of the clue has something to do with Gordon's life being threatened, but he can't make sense of the rest. Robin's fears come true. And after he fails to save Gordon, he takes, the, um, he takes the circumstances of Gordon's death in and the rest of the clue becomes clear. But it's too late. If he had been able to decipher it before, he might have saved the commissioner. This furthers Robin's doubt in himself. After more investigation, it turns out that the new recruit, Eddie, had something to do with it, but he's disappeared. The rest of the story is Robin and Eddie's battle, each one trying to prove themselves as superior, but for different reasons. It becomes clear that Eddie has been the one behind the slowdown and work done all over the city, including the work done to Arkham. In a final confrontation at Arkham, where Robin is finally successful, we find out that Jeremiah Arkham had been the ultimate mastermind. He raised Eddie from a young age to obsess over intellectual dominance in any situation and had been using him as a pawn. Eddie was just an experiment that was proof to many investors that his new expansion was worth it, and the Joker had been the first experiment that was proof of the necessity of Arkham's hostile takeover, like the Arkham family's hostile takeover. And uh, I really kind of want to end it with the escape of the Joker so that then we can get back into more Joker stuff. But uh, that's that's it. So it's almost like a, a political thriller of sorts. Like there's there's all sorts of like factions in the city that are trying to uh, yeah yeah try try to get certain certain movements passed. And, uh, yeah, that's yeah, and I think that's what I liked about the other movies was they incorporated a lot of the themes of the day, and that's something I was thinking when I was writing this was like. Um, the whole last movie, and though it, it didn't really, I don't think won a lot of people over, but the idea of, you know, the, um, uh, 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 disparity in rich and poor and that being like a big issue of that day was brought in, into the theme of the movie. Um, I, I wanted to bring something in and something that I hear a lot about and read a lot about is sort of incarceration and and jailing more and more people. So that kind of took over. And also just the theme of like Robin having to fill like a new person having to fill someone's shoes, no matter if that's a superhero or a cop or whatever job you have, like that's a big thing. And that would be kind of his first um, hurdle uh, would be living up to living up to Batman. 
Okay, and then just one question I have because, uh, again, maybe you used a name and not knowing that you were uh, referencing the comics possibly, but was Eddie... Is he Edward Nigma? Is he the Riddler? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just wanted yes. to make sure that oh. was never revealed. Okay. So I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounded yeah, yeah, that yeah. way. But the thing is, in I feel like in true Nolan fashion, like he doesn't need to be the Riddler. You know what I mean? True. Like not a lot of the bad guys, except for the Joker, maybe were called the Joker or the Riddler. So like he, there will be riddles, there will be clues throughout the movie that Robin will have to go with or solve or half solve or whatever. Um, and it will be the Riddler, but not. It doesn't. Need, he doesn't need to wear green. He doesn't need to be named the Riddler. Okay, Jeff. Then, do you want to? Well, well so now is 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 Robin calling himself Batman then, or is he calling himself? Robin? I, he's not calling himself anything. People are calling him the new Batman or the shorter Batman or you know whatever. <laughs> it's, how is he dressed though? Does he dress like Batman? I think he pretty much dressed like I see him more like um, the thing that uh, Jeremy posted, just like a a kind of Batman looking thing. I don't think he needs to wear red like Robin or or a yellow cape or anything like that. I think he'd basically just it seems like at the end of the last movie, he walks into something that Batman set up for him. So I imagine it's going to be in the same vein, same color scheme, same stuff, you know? Yeah. Uh, okay, mine I went with. It, it was funny though too, where it was like, especially after the last two movies, it, it would kind of seem like it, we call it the Dark Knight trilogy. But the first one's not called Dark Knight, so that kind of makes it tough. But I went with Dark Knight anyway, so I called this one Dark Knight Legacy. And um, mm. mine was opening up with Arkham. So Arkham uh, again, I like this Arkham idea, but I'm starting with Arkham already existing. And um, I kind of visualize the opening shot during the credits or something like that, like going down, like panning down the aisle or something like that to introduce Arkham Asylum. So it would go past like the various people, Poison Ivy and the Joker and like people that they would see just this really quick cameo of these villains so that they would know, Oh, that's where these, all these villains are and throw in like some really odd ones, like, you know, like the Mad Hatter or the whatever. And so the fans could go crazy, but this is all just like kind of during the opening credits. Um, and so it just kind of pans down through all of these people doing whatever the heck they do in their, in their, um, their cells uh, down to the end where a door opens and there's a parole hearing going on and the paroles the parole hearing is going on and um, uh, ultimately and I don't know would would it be easier to just do that silently doesn't really matter whatever I'm not gonna actually direct it but uh, so the, the uh, the parole hearings going on and we don't really get to see who's on parole until or who's on in the hearing until we pan down to the the profile or whatever it is that gets stamped as parole approved and we see that the parole that got approved was Edward Nigma. So Edward Nigma then we follow him for a while. He goes out there, he immediately gets to work in taking over the entire city. So he my I kind of see this as going through like obviously like electronics or computers or whatever. So basically he takes over the entire city kind of piece by piece and we start seeing like traffic lights stop operating police are getting like calls to go into the wrong places you know it's just it's chaos and um we see that you know nigma is taking his role as the riddler taking over the city 
So then we go to see uh, Bruce Wayne, who's still living in France with uh, Selena Kyle. And Selena, the, this is one thing that I thought, even though for me personally, the original trilogy, I think that the theme that they were going for, that in the first one they said people need something to believe in, then in the second one they say it's more important that they believe in an ideal than they believe in an individual, then the third one said no, it's wrong, they need to believe in like it has to be about real people because ideals are not good enough, blah, 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 blah. So for this one, I feel like this is where it's like no, what it really is, it's a combination of those last two things. So the theme of the movie is going to be that they need a individual to believe in so it's kind of like building off of the second of the third movie where it's kind of like this idea of we're rising behind the batman Uh, but then it's this idea that no the reason the batman needs to exist is that people need not only an image to believe in but they need an actual person doing it so that's what selena kyle convinces bruce wayne of that they actually need the batman they need something like that so he goes back uh meanwhile kind of building off of justin's uh, Robin or whatever is fighting crime by no name, but he's not necessarily doing terribly well. Um, he is defeated by the Riddler uh, through like one of, I mean, the Riddler doesn't fight hand to hand, but it's like he's defeated by one of his traps or something like that. Bruce Wayne comes home and in his manner, he finds a defeated Robin and the Riddler who then defeats Bruce, or well, not defeats Bruce Wayne, they conflict and then Bruce Wayne or uh, excuse me, Nigma flees and apparently Bruce Wayne, you know, they win. So then he gets together with Rob and they start kind of taking down the Riddler. So the first thing they do is they go after the police. The police have a warrant out for Bruce Wayne because their computer system is telling so. So then he needs to go there and there's some sort of crazy puzzle that he needs to think his way out of and blah, 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 blah. Then the banks, the banks have kind of done the whole uh, uh, Occupy Wall Street thing where the banks have changed all of the money from all of the wealthy to go out to everybody. But then it's creating just total chaos because then like even the like middle class is getting screwed over and basically money has no meaning anymore. So then he needs to solve another puzzle because the banks are all screwed up. Then the third one he goes to is Wayne Corp where we find out that the – I don't know what the the, the – program or whatever that Lucius had that uh, in the second movie where he can he can tap into every cell phone everywhere. Did that have a name? Uh, but that was destroyed. Right, but it's been fixed. Okay, so, so Lucius now, has built it again. Okay. Well, no, well, or whatever. I mean, maybe not Lucius, but either way, something has happened so that the Riddler has now taken control of that program. Okay. So now he's using that. Oh wow! So they have to. Uh, they have to figure out how to do that. But then after they figure out the puzzle to break that one down, all of a sudden things start to click to Batman, where he starts to realize, wait a minute, if he had all of this power, why didn't? Why didn't? Wait didn't? Wait a minute. And then he starts to realize that everything that he's doing still, like, nothing seems to be working the way that it was supposed to be. So he eventually figures out, kind of going the Inception route, he finally figures out that actually what happened was, in the battle in Wayne Manor, he lost. And now he is in some sort of virtual reality, dream world sort of a thing like that, that the Riddler is throwing all of these puzzles into his mind. So Batman has to now break out of this virtual reality dream world by doing by outthinking the Riddler and by the way he does that is he does something that that the Riddler believes the Batman would never do and that's give up. So the Batman commits suicide, uh, I mean like jumps off a bridge or something like that and that wakes him up. 
So that wakes him up. He then captures the Riddler, um, which then at the end, the like kind of the end of the uh, the story after they defeat the Riddler is Batman realizing that yes, the city needs a Batman, but that's no longer me. So now Robin has been Robin throughout this entire thing. So at the end of the movie, he passes the cowl. So he's like, now you will be Batman. So not only is he Robin, like now he's no longer going to be Robin. He's going to be Batman. The final shot I kind of see going back to Arkham where Riddler is like laughing where, cause now Riddler knows that Bruce Wayne is Batman, but there's, there's gotta be some other little wrinkle about the fact that like, that's the ultimate riddle. And so he's not willing to give that one up. So he's not going to actually tell anybody, but he has this little chip on Batman. Well, to- to nice. work with that, Batman and Bruce Wayne are believed dead at the end of the third one. So nobody would believe Nigma anyway if he said, Bruce Wayne is Batman. Like, he's dead, but Batman's running around. Like, you're crazy. That's why you're in Arkham. Yeah. Yeah, but that was a good twist. That that whole I- I- virtual reality inside a, a dream world type thing. I was like, oh, I was not expecting that coming around. Yeah. Adam, you are the man. Take well, a drink. Take a swig. Yeah, I'm talking like this. Terrible, like... We don't need you to speak like Batman. We need Follow a greater hero. I'm ready for my pitch. Like that. That's <laughs> enjoyable. All right. Um, so uh, I, I will just say this up front. I, this is the most interesting uh, round of pitches so far because we all seem to kind of be in a similar vein. I, I mean, believe we've all used Nigma. Right. Yeah. I, I think everybody, everybody went the Riddler. the Riddler was next. We had to well, There's only been it. two of us so far. So. <laughs> I'm well, giving you a hint. We're yeah, all okay. using Nigma. <laughs> <laughs> little preview Spoilers. There. Right. So Well, and just, sorry, real, yeah. real quick, a little fun tip is that it actually was supposed to be the Riddler in the third movie, but then when Heath Ledger died, that's why they had to kind of shift. That's at least what I read somewhere. Hmm, interesting. So hmm. my uh, my pitch, I did give it a title. Uh, it, it is based on uh, you know a pretty famous comic story, but it's called Shadow of the Bat. And so it's that's uh, a good one. Yeah, it's taking it's uh, taking place two years after the events of Dark Knight Rises. So Gotham is rebuilding in the wake of the terrorist takeover. It's still being blamed on Bane and not the League of Shadows. Um, the people are getting back on their feet, and so are the varying factions that are looking to control the world of crime, you know, in the wake of Gotham's attempted destruction, which has uh, led the now Captain John Blake uh, to be stretched thin both in his role uh, on the Gotham police force and in his nighttime activities as the inheritor of the Batman legacy. So Blake has been working alone, and he's had to make do with Wayne's old tech, which is now kind of slowly wearing out and wearing down. And the the biggest bad uh, of late is an up-and-comer in the world of crime, a guy named Freeze, who is a ruthless killer. Who He's known for pouring liquid nitrogen on the limbs of his captured hostages and then breaking off appendages until his demands Ooh. are met. So he's just like this sadistic wow. guy. And so Freeze is the face of crime right now, but he's actually the front for the true mastermind who's known as the Riddler due to a single question mark that's located on the forehead of his faceless lycra mask, which is this really creepy kind of like, I think they call it like Zentai suits or something like, you know, okay. and then, so it's like, but it's the only way he's ever seen is kind of in this full body outfit. Kind of like anonymous. 
Exactly. Okay, gotcha. So now Freeze wreaks havoc based on plans and weapons that are delivered by the Riddler's right-hand man, this unassuming guy named Edward Nigma, who's always presenting the plan as a Riddle. You know, he's trying to make it fun, and Freeze has just, like, had enough of it. He's always pushing him around and picking on him just to get a straight answer. So then the Riddler is using the diversions that Freeze is creating to kidnap families of, of the prominent civic leaders and they're having to trade their loyalty to the Riddler for the lives of their loved ones, which is allowing the Riddler to slowly become the most powerful and untouchable man in Gotham. So a little bit more of a political thriller, as you were saying. Exactly. So uh, he's using that power. Now, Blake at one point runs into Nygma while he's leaving a, a freeze crime scene, and the two share a few words about their time growing up in the boys' home together. And Blake has to leave suddenly. You know, he gets word of another freeze incident. Um, so he decides to go take action again as as Batman rather than a police officer because he's starting to feel like he can get more accomplished as Batman. Now, while in pursuit of freeze, I call him Bat Blake. So Bat Blake is unknowingly steers the action towards that boy's home he was raised in. And in the battle, freeze blows it up. And with most of the kids inside. So now Blake is like horrified. He's overcome with rage. And he attempts, he actually goes after, tries to kill Freeze. But he only manages to kind of turn the liquid nitrogen on him, which incapacitates the criminal. And it causes him to have to be rescued by the Riddler, who uses a magnetic pulse gun to cripple Blake's bat cycle. And then he can't get after him. So now Blake is just overcome with guilt. He's feeling this hatred, these feelings of inadequacy. And so he starts going on the warpath to get to Riddler, to get to Freeze. So he's using more violent tactics to force the information out of criminals. And word starts to spread about this new Batman. Like, he, you really need to be on the watch out because he he's literally like taking people to the brink of death. And this starts catching attention in the media. And Alfred, you know, who's retired now and living outside Gotham, he gets wind of it. Now, the Riddler, in his response, he starts outfitting his enforcers with just higher caliber weapons. He starts up in his game. And so Blake now goes to Lucius Fox and to help him design deadlier armor, get, you know, more violent tech, only to find that uh, James Gordon, you know, who was disgraced when Bane read that letter... Uh, that he knew all about Harvey Dent. He couldn't really find a job anywhere. So now he's basically playing security guard at Wayne Industries. His wife left him. It's just not a good time for Jim Gordon. He's a rent-a-cop now. Yeah, basically. But he and Fox are talking to Blake, and they're trying to talk him out of it. They're like, look, you're going down a dangerous path, and you need to watch yourself. But he just doesn't care. You know, He's, he's just so uh, defiant and focused on his mission. So at this point, the, those two, you know, former confidants of Bruce Wayne, they reach out to Alfred, who says, you know, I'm already on my way. So what happens is uh, Alfred is heading out to go find Bruce Wayne. But in the meantime, Blake finds this arms dealer in the Narrows, who is a guy named Synth, who's willing to basically put together this police armor. He thinks he's creating police armor. And he's saying, I'll do it if you give me free reign. I'm untouchable. You know, police don't, you know, don't worry about me. And Blake, you know, makes that agreement with him as if he has that power, gets the tech. And now he shoots these bat-shaped razors and these crippling, like, bolas and all these different things. Which, again, he's just getting closer and closer to Enigma. So so now the Riddler, or I should say the Riddler, and he's getting worried. Um, 
Now, Alfred does go to Europe and he finds Bruce Wayne living with Selena Kyle. They now have a daughter and Alfred is trying to convince Bruce to return to Gotham just to talk some sense into Blake. Basically saying, you know, you know, they passed a legacy to a man who did not have the same upbringing that Bruce Wayne had. And it left him with no support system and no way to pick himself up when he fell. And now he's sinking deeper. And now Bruce is just angry at the hypocrisy of it all. You know, he's talking to Alfred. He's like, you spent so long trying to convince me to give it up and live a real life. And now you're trying to get me back as Batman. And Alfred, Alfred's telling him it's not Batman that Gotham needs. It's Bruce Wayne. So now Nygma goes in and he's, you know, like we said, he's getting worried. He finds Synth in the Narrows. He gets him basically to build Freeze this exoskeleton because Freeze is alive, but he's in critical condition. Builds him this exoskeleton. It's kind of got this iron lung portion to it, but, you know, it does give him extra strength. So now Freeze is kind of powered up and ready to go. And and Bat Blake is powered up and ready to go. He's got all his armor and he's he's ready to, to get into it. Um, and he quits the police force. He just goes into being Batman full time. And he basically just kind of becomes obsessed with it. He starts calling himself the Bat. He's just like he starts stealing like he interrupts uh, heists from the criminals and steals their money. But there's like opportunities to save innocent people and he's not taking it. He's just getting his money to finance, you know, quote the mission, you know. So he's just getting like way, way out there. Finally, um, uh, he shows up back to the, the bat cave at one point and Bruce Wayne is there and he's trying to talk him down uh, from where he's at. And basically, you know, he's Blake starts attacking him and Bruce only gets out of there because he knows the cave better than him. Selena shows up as Catwoman to kind of save the day a little bit too to, to distract Blake for a minute. Now, you know, Wayne is trying to find out what he can do. So the Riddler finally calls out bat blake and tells him you know meet me at the gotham city center mall and we're, we're gonna have a showdown basically and you know bat blake doesn't care about innocence anymore he's just like wherever what if this is how i get to him this is how i get to him so now there's this big public battle people are getting hurt all this is going on free you know blake is fighting freeze and he finally he disables freeze and he's he's about to kill him he's like i finally have him but that his true self kind of takes over and he spares him but what it turns out is that the Riddler had Synth under, you know, under him the whole time. And Synth has control of that armor. So he now gives that to the Riddler who forces Blake to kill Freeze. And as he's killing him, that's when Wayne shows up as Batman again. So now he's back in costume. And all he sees is Blake kill Freeze. So now it's a Batman versus Batman. So you get that battle going on, which is what everybody wants to see. Right. So now it's bat Wayne versus bat Blake. And they're going at, they're going after each other. And finally they, uh, you know, you know, Selena gets in the mix. She gets hurt and all the, everything's going on here. And, uh, ultimately Blake, uh, is, is kind of got Wayne down. He attacks Nigma or the Riddler who is mortally w wounded and then when he removes the mask, he finds out he's Edward Nigma, his friend from the boys' home, which, again, just kind of shocks him back to reality. And, you know, Riddler dies, and, and Blake tries to give the mantle back to Wayne. And he says, you know, no, you know, like, this, this is your legacy. This is your time to pick yourself back up and do the good for Gotham that you can. I have my own role to play. So then basically... The end of the movie is Wayne 
kind of returning to Gotham as its benefactor. He starts by rebuilding the boys' home. And then basically, you know, Blake rejoins the police force. So you kind of see he's on the side of justice again. And that's kind of like everybody's back on their path where they belong. Okay, so first off, Bruce Wayne comes back from the dead. Blake has rejoined the police force, not only once, but twice by the end of it. Okay. Right, and there would be an explanation as to why he's back, because basically, you know, the police force, so many were killed in the riot, so he would have been, he would have come back because he realized somebody has to be there to do something to get or, the police or force Or he back realized he needed a day job. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and the other element I didn't mention is... is, is <laughs> it's an excuse. That too. By the end of it is that, that Jim Gordon's redemption, I forgot to mention, was that he becomes Blake's confidant. So now Blake is not alone in, in his mission. You know? Okay. I'm so, I'm seeing very similar ties. I'm seeing ways I can pull all three of your stories in and fit them with mine. Like, <laughs> this is... Because the gaps I left are filled in by your stories wow because well, i'm maybe like the gaps that you left will fill in my story <laughs> oh, maybe maybe <laughs> just to talk about adams real quick i okay. adam i again yours delight me every time the downfall of bat blake and the eventual fight between the two of them like nice well done yeah like, like that, that, I would that, that was the moment and, and truthfully like comic fans will recognize this that okay. i mean the last movie talked about bane and all of that in yeah. the comics there's a whole story called nightfall that was all about you know batman got his back broken this guy Azrael takes i over. was gonna say Azrael, and that's really what it was but based around it was taking that inspiration to have but i didn't think they would do the whole Azrael story um, yeah so, but so just I, put his story with a new character exactly right. and that spin on freeze that's a great idea i like that one yeah a lot. Yeah, that yeah. was really cool that, that you no. didn't make it the cartoon freeze. You made it like a dude who uses this chemical and yeah. freezes people and breaks it at like, great. Yeah, that's pretty heavy. I felt like we had uh, to take it back from everybody. Chill. Oh, poor arm. Oh, God. Well, because it is. And I mean, because that was what was it? The cartoon show, you know, they won an Emmy for that. Yeah. Like Mr. Freeze's story is is awesome, which sadly, yeah, Joel, yeah. well, I don't blame Joel Schumacher. I blame Warner Brothers. But, um, yeah. but then one one thing now in, and I, I don't recall from, from Dark Knight Rises, Bruce Wayne is supposedly dead. I know Batman's supposedly dead. Well, they do have the Bruce Wayne grave out front, and that's where Alfred is ugly crying in front of at the end before he meets them in Florence. See, because that seems right. like, I mean, Bruce Wayne's kind of a big deal. Like, I would assume he's a pretty big deal worldwide. So you wouldn't think he'd just be like, I'm just going to sit in a cafe now that everyone in the world thinks I'm dead. I mean, if they really uh, wanted to get into it, and they probably would do like a comic supplement, a comic book, they wouldn't do it in the movie. But I would say that Bruce Wayne could easily just say, look, the city was under attack, <laughs> right. and I got out of there. Like, I, I was just trying to be safe, and, and right. you thought I was dead. There was some dead, big scene but... where he got shot, and everyone's like, oh my god gosh he'll never survive or yeah it was just they assumed okay well and and yeah. kind of the dark knight returns comic and the movies great frank miller um bruce dies at the end and that that's kind of the twist i kind of took with it and i can see that playing as an angle for you that way there's some comic tie to it where bruce wayne is still active or just literally came back from the dead and is being like the Bruce Wayne the city of Gotham needs. 
Right. To me, to me, it plays into Nolan's kind of whole arc where Bruce Wayne is kind of becoming what Harvey Dent should have been. And, you know, True. And then he's all, but he's also becoming, um, he, he's still fulfilling his mission, which was, you know, I was Batman. I'm not Batman anymore. But he's, you know what I'm saying? But he could still have that happy ending. So he still has the family. Is he going to become mayor like the Arrow storyline? I, I have, I, 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 originally I was thinking about him getting into politics. I was like, no, 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 no. It's too corrupt. No, it's just not where he needs to be. But he's that benefactor, like his dad was. Yes, like his parents were. Yeah. Okay. Let's hear it, Jeremy. I'm excited. (laughs) All right. So we pick up one year later. This is going to be titled "A New Night." Robin John. Ah. Yeah, you like that? Love it. (laughs) Robin John Blake taking up the mantle as Batman is struggling to adjust. He's seeking help, but not in the right places. As he's failing almost as much as he succeeds. Because realize he wasn't ever trained like he was trained as a cop and that running around as Batman isn't a good scenario. Well, at the same time, he's being stalked and studied by a couple deranged guys that are working at Arkham, Professor Milo and the psychiatrist, Dr. Hugo Strange. Nice. They are studying the Batman and the crazies that Batman has put away. And of course, there's got to be some military tie to it. So they're working on a super soldier serum type thing. Mainly just creating monsters and abominations that just needed to be disposed of, but they're experimenting on the patients that are put away at Arkham. Blake, after busting a series of criminals that are using this secret uh, drug that's being put out onto the streets, decides to try it because he's realizing these criminals that look not so big and strong are actually stronger and faster than he is. After Blake begins taking this experimental drug called Venom, it actually helps him out in the physical aspect, which is where he's failing on his speed and his strength. But he becomes addicted to the drug, which you could see that. And it's begun to warp his mind. Edward Nigma, see, we're four for four. (laughs) A once promising genius with an inquisitive mind has ended up experimented on by the Scarecrow. And he's now free because of the jailbreak last year. He ran and hid and holed up somewhere, but he's now filled the power vacuum left by Bane and the Joker in Gotham. Nigma isn't happy that Professor Milo is weaseling in on his game and producing this venom drug. So, of course, Nigma begins to put out riddles for this new Batman to follow to take down the competitor. The warped Batman is now failing at following the clues, and is making headlines. Much like Adam said, not in a good way. And the news has reached worldwide because we're in a 24-7 news cycle. So, of course, Bruce and Alfred have found this out. Bruce makes a return in the third act, bringing Alfred with him to watch over Blake and begin detoxing and rehabbing Blake. While Blake is coming off his addiction, Bruce takes up the cowl to stop Professor Milo to pick up and salvage the image of Batman that he'd left. Well, Doctor Strange, working from the shadows, has realized the Batman has returned. And he's studying and has found out how the Batman functions. He sends out some deranged arsonist, Firefly, to aid Professor Milo. And Bruce salvages the image of Batman in the eyes of the city by taking down Milo, stopping the spreading of Venom, and taking down Firefly. Closing scene is Professor Milo being sent off to Arkham. Bruce training Blake in the Batcave. He needs it. A flash to the Nightwing suit, unveiled. Because Batman's like, here's your training suit. (laughs) Like, really? He's like, there's no more Batman for you. Not until you're ready. Then we have an image of Nigma standing over a map laughing crazily and a final scene of Dr. Hugo Strange standing before a large crowd all wearing 
owl masks. Sweet. Presenting his research to the parliament. And we would cut to black, roll credits. Boom, we've just started the new trilogy of the Court of Owls. All right, so Jeremy is pulling a lot from the comic books of this. Which oh, is I, am, yeah. I am digging deep, and I've been just soaking up all of Batman that I could and just squeezing out the best part. Casting-wise, I got to talk about this because this really sets up everything that goes on with this. So Dr. Strange, Dr. Hugo Strange, not to be confused with the mystical Dr. Strange in Marvel, crazy scientist, goofy glasses, and an Amish beard, okay? I want Brian Cranston as Dr. Strange. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> cool. You'll see why later because... Strange, he may be a psychiatrist, but he's versed in hand-to-hand combat, and his whole goal is to become Batman. That's why he studies Batman, is he wants to do it. So it'll come in later. Also, I want Daniel Radcliffe as Nigma. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Let him redefine himself. Yeah. Yes. Uh, because uh, did you see Horns? Miss Rated it. R. I, I saw parts of it, and I was like, wait, that's Radcliffe? But... I can see him being kind of the two-faced guy that you're saying with using the, like, anonymous mask when he's in front of the camera and then being the the blundering kind of Edward Nigma outside. I see Radcliffe being able to pull that off. I don't see him wearing green spandex with question marks all over. (laughs) I'm I'm taking more of the Arkham Games version of him. The green bowler, like a darker green, the vest, striped shirts, like a toned down, but there's still the green. It's the green element. We all know he can pull off glasses if he needs it. (laughs) Maybe a little tape on the middle just to kind of give a call back to, oh, I was Harry Potter. (laughs) (laughs) One of the question marks. (laughs) It's got to be a Harry Potter tie-in. Come on. (laughs) All right. So movie two, one year later, Batman has been training Blake. Blake has recovered completely from the addiction, and he's taken great strides with the training. Bruce is almost ready to give him back the cowl and be done. Like, back off. We trained him hard. We're good. We're gone. Bruce and Selina, they're not permanent residents of Gotham. Like, they're here for a week or two and then gone. Like, they're still living in the shadows. Nobody knows they're around kind of thing. Well, Blake, he's turned from doing the pummeling of bad guys, as I could see that being part of the the, the warping of his mind is beating them to a pulp and nearly to death, as Adam said. And he's doing more of the detective side, sleuthing around for the cops and picking up on these riddles that Nigma's leaving around. During the daylight, Blake has been intrigued by and is dating a newcomer to Gotham. Like, he can't have a Batman story without a, without a lady figure. Like, really? Well, this one, she's new to Gotham. She doesn't have the same last name as everybody knows, but Barbara has entered the picture just just for the fanboys to know. Right. Yeah. Uh, that that will be paid off. And for the non-fanboys, <sighs> just stay tuned. All right, so Gotham is at the height of rebuilding. Wayne Industries, having recovered from the Wall Street fallout, is taking the lead in the rebuilding. But a series of strange murders amongst the elites of the city lead Blake on a dangerous path, uncovering evidence of an anciently rumored society that supposedly shaped Gotham over the centuries. He brings up his suspicions to Bruce when Bruce was in town next, and Bruce shuts him down, saying there's nothing to that old poem or nursery rhyme as he investigated it fully when he was younger. And this would this would fall in those eight years post-Joker that he investigated this. And he learned that some things that may have been linked to his parents' murder, 
being much deeper than just a Joe Chill dude. Well, Doctor Strange, still working in Arkham, as the psych doctor has deduced the real Batman had returned last year, and it is Bruce Wayne, in fact, but is yet absent again. Doctor Strange befriends Scarecrow in Arkham and smuggles him out. They combine forces to create an even more powerful hallucinogen, fear gas. Strange, realizing his best path to get a hold of Batman is to take down Nightwing. He sends out his monster men to do the deed. Blake and Barbara are out at dinner when the attack comes. Blake survives the encounter, but Barbara, on the other hand, is shot and paralyzed by a monster in a Joker mask. (laughs) Blake is doused with the new fear gas. It takes him through a nightmare sequence of his worst fear, failure. Failure to protect Barbara. Blake recovers and decides to ignore Bruce in the third act twist, and his investigation and research gets him attacked. A Talon, the cryogenically frozen, mutated zombie-like, yet incredibly intelligent, talented, and deadly assassins of the Court of Owls, takes him down. On the brink of death by his assailant, the Talon halts upon realizing who Blake was under the mask, his own great-grandson. The closing scenes are of Barbara in the hospital recovering with Commissioner Gordon at her side. Blake in the Batcave Infirmary, then again in the background as Alfred calls Bruce. The Talon reports to the Parliament, and Doctor Strange receives a mysterious call. He smiles and laughs while looking up as it fades to black. Roll credits. I'm borrowing heavily from the, the Court right. of Owls. Like, this, yeah. is, this is some deep things. All right, and immediately following would be the timeline of this next one. Movie opens with a scene from the past in Gotham, heading back to 1922. The camera following Bruce Wayne's ancestor, Alan Wayne, speaking to a family group, babbling on and rambling about a strange owl and that the owls hid within his walls, conspiring against him. Family laughs and just crazy old Alan. We follow him out onto the streets, running from something. He turns a corner while looking over his shoulder and ends up being pulled down into the open manhole in the street and supposedly drowns as he disappears into the dark. The camera follows into the dark of the manhole, then pans up, and we see two owl masks appearing out of the dark, zooming in to close up. A montage of scenes tying the last movie to this, Blake being tended to by Alfred, Batman doing research, historical records being flipped through, looking at plans of his fathers and of grandfathers for the buildings they've built all around Gotham. All the while, creepy, random children's voices read the Court of Owls poem. Act 1, Bruce investigates the attack. Blake recovers. Bruce finds the past nests that the Court of Owls has used each decade throughout Gotham on the 13th floor of all of the buildings tied to his grandfather. Act 2, Batman ends up following his investigation down into the sewers of Gotham and winds up in the court's labyrinth. We follow Bruce through his seven-day psychedelic trip, breaking him down mentally. The court knows who he is. Batman doesn't know who they are yet. Now, while Batman is down in the labyrinth, Doctor Strange is now running around in his own bat suit, taking down criminals and masquerading as the Dark Knight. Amish beard and all. All the while, Nightwing is trying to track down this new Batman and put an end to it. Act 3 ends up putting Bruce Wayne on the brink of death by Talon. And Bruce, on the point of breaking down and giving up, finds courage in seeing just a flash of images through his mind and ends up killing the Talon, getting away, and finally retiring Batman away and giving it to Blake. 
Got the whole, got the whole <laughs> arc going there. Oh boy, yeah. Did you wrap in every comic that's ever come out about <laughs> Batman? Uh, no, no. That story. It, I feel it was, like that was everything. You get, you get, you put everything in a blender. <laughs> you hit. It came out wonderfully. It was a really cool story, but that that has a lot in it. That was every. That was everything. I I almost feel it would work more as. Awesome as a Netflix movie series where they have 13 hours to work yeah, on it. like Daredevil, yeah. Like Daredevil, yeah. Right. Might not be Because then you could really so, work with something like that. You could work, yeah, having the, like, mysterious society that's behind everything. Like, I feel like, yeah, and I mean, doing a trilogy, then you can kind of do that where they're the, they're the puppet masters behind it. But you're right. I feel like... Right. Uh, well, it's the sad thing. I was thinking about it, too, that I would love to see... DC. DC has this really awesome opportunity because they've got so many very well done, well received TV shows right now that instead of doing the Marvel thing where Marvel has been incorporating all of their movies together to somehow incorporate their TV shows into their movies. And so it would be great if we could figure out a way that they could do that. And I mean, like, this would be a perfect opportunity where the Court of Owls are behind, you know, they make an appearance in, uh, what's it called, an arrow? Uh, C- Starling City? Starling, Star City now. They're in Starling City. They're in, they're in Coast City. They're, like, they're all over the place, and then they can be revealed in a movie. I think that would be really cool. I don't think it's going to happen, but, um, yeah, that would be I heard more. that in that vein, I heard that they were doing different, like, they were going to actually do a, an arrow movie but it was going to be a different person playing the arrow. They were going to do a Flash movie, a different person playing the Flash. True. They're going to be Justice League, right? Well, true. They do not want to cross over. They are very adamant about it, but they keep saying they are a different universe. So they could be playing off the multiverse, and the Flash this year has introduced the multiverse. So it's possible down the road that their contracts could open to the point where, oh, we have the crisis on infinite earths or something where they all are in the same movie kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Now the one thing, so I just mean, to go off of like, so yeah. we're going to talk about like, who's, who's one we're going to pick Jeremy. I love yours. Yours is awesome. But my fear about a lot of these comic book movies is having too many of the characters in one movie and I feel like for a lot of movies, that ends up spoiling the movie. So for that reason, I I am gonna I'm I'm wary about your uh, film, even though I love the tie-in for all the comics and I love the story. I think it's really um, really impactful and really great. Um, I can you actually? Sorry, you guys. Can Adam? Can you remind Adam Jeff? Can you remind me what you guys was about? I know they're all about the yeah, Riddler. Yeah, <laughs> well, well, Riddler. Well, well, that's but. the whole thing. Like, feel like all of our pitches generally, like kind of like Jeremy was saying at the beginning of his, really do fit in kind of nicely together because it's pretty much all the same characters. If we just take Jeremy's first film and and then we right, take a look right. at everything that that we were discussing. I mean, number one, we all know that Nigma is going to be in this thing. Yes, right? definitely. So so and, yeah, and Justin, one, if you yeah. need the rundown on mine real quick it's just that basically blake has taken over and Rid- batman v batman yeah be yeah, a batman versus batman oh, yeah, riddler has amassed power has freeze as his muscle and freeze. basically it's yes. the redemption of bat blake you know is is, is my story yeah what jeff what was yours again right mine was uh that the riddler yeah the riddler takes over he gets freed from arkham he takes over the city and then robin's trying to fight him but then Batman has to come back. They get trapped 
uh, well, unbeknownst to them, they get trapped in a virtual reality sort of a dream sequence. Right. And then they right, have to the break. VR one. That, I thought that was right. really cool too. I honestly, I don't know. I I like everybody. If we just are talking about Jeremy's first movie, I like. I, I kind of want to see all of these versions. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Oh, exactly. That's what I was thinking. Um, the same thing. But well, the funny thing that I was thinking, although you guys, it, it is kind of interesting that it seems like we all kind of went with that first film with the Riddler. But I think it's interesting that the other big bad that none of us mentioned was the Penguin. None of us went with the Penguin. Yeah, we all went with uh, went with the Riddler. Yeah. I I was having some difficulty trying to put him in there. Every time I tried to do it, it turn to the Gotham penguin and I, I didn't oh, want to really? go that route like I, I wasn't sure how to take it yeah that that was actually my thought too because that did cross my mind I was like the penguin on Gotham is such an integral character I feel like he's already been redefined for like kind of this generation you know the Danny DeVito right and, true and Burgess Meredith are definitely forgotten about now you think more about that that interpretation, but like like the way I look at it is like obviously the other thing that was revolving around for all you guys not in mind was Arkham, and we do have to take into account the fact that yes, yeah. the, in Dark Knight Rises, Bane broke open Arkham, everybody got he, out. No, he opened he, Blackgate. Oh, Blackgate. Was that just Blackgate? There is yeah. no Arkham. No, well, no, no, well there was in, Arkham Island in in the first Batman one Begins. Yes. That, that oh, they, you're yeah, right. They all got okay. out, but but. Did we ever really see? Did they make mention that they all got returned? Uh, not necessarily. Yeah, because because my. But th- I feel like that's common knowledge, isn't it? That's like just a it, Batman. It's thing, an assumption. I think. I think it's not too much of a stretch that if we, yeah, introduce it, or even if we just uh, accept it as, I don't think we need to do too much background with it. Mm-hmm. But it, it is the one thing I do want to build off, like what Justin just said about, or uh, said before about. Um, uh, it's really, it's been really fascinating to me, and I think it it, it started with uh, Batman Forever, or excuse me, Batman Returns. Is that I think in Batman Returns, Tim Burton had a very specific reason that he introduced multiple villains because the only real villain in the movie is Christopher Walken's character. He was the only villainous one. The other ones were all supposed to sympathize with, which is why he included so many. But from that movie on. Every single Batman movie has had multiple villains, and I don't know why. I mean, like, why in the world we wasted Two-Face in Dark Knight? I have no idea. Two, like, Joker could have carried that on his own. I didn't think Two-Face was necessary. Very true. So for me, it uh, is... See, I disagree. I really enjoyed what they did with Two-Face in that movie. Um, but and, and so that's to, to talk about what you're talking about, Jeff. The, I, didn't mind, I don't mind having a, a villain be a side character but i feel like in a lot of these movies where like they try to have everybody get equal time in the movie and the movie's two and a half hours long and you don't end up caring about anybody because they haven't really devoted they haven't earned your love of that character because there's just not enough time because there's so many people that you have to care about and i feel like for me like that was and they did the same thing in iron man 3 which a lot of people did not like iron man 3 but like that was one of my biggest frustrations with batman or uh dark knight rises is that they spent this entire movie making bane just the most incredible villain that they possibly could even with his horrible speech impediment like he had so many great lines and he had so much like his character and then at the end we're like oh he's not actually he's just a henchman and it's just like, seriously? Seriously? You're going to D, like, 
And so that was my hesitation. Like I, I think it, where there was the guy in the mask, and then Nigma was his his associate. That was that, that was me. That was me. That was yours. Okay. Uh, and and that yeah, it was true, uh, like Jeremiah Arkham. Yeah, I like that, but it's also yeah. Again, the the big bad hiding behind the other bad. It's kind of like, yeah. I mean, like for me again, I go back to that original Tim Burton Batman movie where the entire time we knew that the Joker was the bad guy, and we spent the entire time building up just how bad he is. And like for me, like that was awesome. But but I think what it comes down to also is if you take a character like the Riddler, he can't have. A physical confrontation, right? With he's not a he's not a brawler. That's true. So so you so that's that's, that's why true. I put Freeze in there because it's like get a name character, but he's really not. Yeah. He's not the Freeze from the comics that has that tragic backstory and all of that. He's Freeze in yeah. name only, just right, kind of just redefined. But like, but when I look at it, I feel like we do. We I think we could take it where we start in Arkham, right? So now Arkham is you know just as the you know Gotham's being rebuilt. Arkham has been rebuilt. You know, everybody, you know, all the criminally insane people are being put in there. Um, I still, I love Jeff's idea of just passing through and, and kind of getting all the fanboys excited. Oh, here's this character. Here's this character. Yeah. Just very quickly. <laughs> you don't even probably ever see their faces because you don't want to define who the actors are, but, you know, maybe in shadow or just but, the names on the cell. Yeah, exactly. That too. Uh, but, but then I feel like we take the Hugo Strange concept and Hugo Strange is now kind of running Arkham rather than you know than necessarily having an Arkham in charge. I mean, he, I mean, Jeremiah Arkham could be there as kind of again like the benefactor who who get who allows Strange to run his operation. Kind of like the warden. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so honestly, I, I, I would have made that character Hugo Strange, but I had I didn't know about Hugo Strange <laughs> at all. I just read he's, Jeremiah he's Arkham. Of, oh, cool! I didn't know that was a character. That sounds awesome. Strange is kind of a little lesser known, mm-hmm. right? But he was like the original. Original Batman villain. He was. He was before the Joker. Yeah, and then he's got such yeah such an iconic look, and plus the twist of him wanting to be Batman, which is why my thought was, what if yeah. we, we take the concept? Okay, yes, he's doing these experiments on the inmates with Venom, and then they are strategically letting them loose to test the new Batman. And yeah. what's going on is that Strange is trying to figure out now, you know, he he's, you know, tracking him, following him, learning about this new Batman by letting them loose. And then he is, you know, again, you kind of have that little just the the, the it's kind of sprinkled throughout, you know, like he'll have his little outfit here. There is something like where we see his obsession with Batman and wanting yeah. to become like him his and, crazy wall with all the maps and yeah. pictures and everything detailed out right and so 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 that's all taking place and then meanwhile the riddler i believe i think i feel like the riddler should almost be a character maybe you give him a little bit more where he is an inmate and he you know doesn't take the venom or anything but he kind of becomes strange's confidant and is slowly kind of taking it over for himself so now, so now the Riddler is kind of betraying. He's Strange. becoming the mastermind, right? And so, and he's kind of uh, taking advantage of Strange's own psychosis, and and now he's kind of like getting, you know, the, yeah, you know, he he's doing what he's doing again. Maybe taking a little bit from mine with the distractions of these these different 
creatures and villains and enhanced whoever who are being released and then the riddler is doing his thing where he is he is getting in you know in uh kidnapping you know the different political leaders getting their allegiance for the you know the benefit of the families and all that and again meanwhile we have blake who's trying to live up to the legacy that we've all talked about basically all of us said he fails which is sad (laughs) we have no confidence (laughs) in joseph gordon levitt well they he personally i could see doing it but they showed us no reason to believe he could even take up the mantle of batman other than figuring out oh i saw in your eyes that you're batman (laughs) and honestly in that last movie he didn't actually contribute anything anything nope right he he had one standoff that he lost on a bridge where they blew up the bridge because he came too close yes oh well i screwed that up so i don't know for me though Mm -hmm. i wonder well I, i guess my two concerns with that adam is that one i'm a little wary of venom because we just used yeah, Bane. I'm going to second that. And because Bane, yeah. like Bane is the ultimate product of Venom. And because Venom wasn't used at all in introducing Vane, yeah. I wonder if it's almost like a sore subject where people are like, oh, well, yeah, but that where was like this a movie ago? The, the public at large doesn't know about Venom and doesn't know yeah. that, that, that because it was not mentioned at all, they don't know Bane was associated right, but with but the grumblers that. are going to know. I don't well, know. I feel like well, a they already have. So yeah, at least I, introducing it in some form would kind of well, appease okay. that. Yeah, I, I feel okay, like but, they'd be excited. But making, it, making it it's like the main thing, that's the thing where it's almost like rubbing salt into a wound. I know for me, that's kind of how I would feel, but I'm not. <laughs> I, I, I don't really see it that way because I feel like because, okay, it was bypassed in the previous film, but now you're taking it from the actual Venom storyline from the comics not necessarily the venom that was associated with Bane. Yeah. And and so now people are like, oh, but they but they're adapting that story to a certain extent. And that gets people, you know, the fanboys on your side again. You're like, okay, they didn't use it the way we were expecting in the last one, but they're making up for it now. I wonder though, and this is kind of something Adam or uh, so excuse Mike, me, Justin. Go go ahead, Jeff. Okay. Uh, I was just gonna say that like an interesting thing that I hadn't really thought about that Justin kind of brought in is the way that Nolan in his storytelling, in his movies, the one, one of the things that he was doing is he was kind of keeping it like currently relevant, I guess, where it was kind of like the things that the world was wrestling with became the things that Gotham was wrestling with. So at the same time as, uh, you know, Occupy Wall Street was the big thing, here comes Bane talking a lot about, about the same stuff, about the rich people and about everything like that. So I wonder if we're, again, we're not, I don't know if we're continuing the same Christopher Nolan ideals, but I wonder if there's a way of kind of incorporating some of the stuff that the world is wrestling with right now, incorporating that into the storyline. Although that was, I mean, now in the interviews I read, Nolan said that was a coincidence that the Occupy Wall Street Uh, stuff happened. Yeah, that's what I heard. That was not his intention. It was just like, oh, it happened to coincide. But but at the same time, like I think he does always bring up that morality of society or those you know societal questions of ethics. But I don't necessarily know that it was tied to anything directly. I mean, I guess you could say Joker's terrorist attacks might have something to do with nine eleven or something. But really, I just I don't no. see that. I, I I think I think it we we read into it ourselves. But I don't know that Nolan was was playing with that. And I feel like also. Because we're talking about now this is a continuation beyond 
what he did. You know, um, I, I feel like the, there would probably be a little bit more pressure for him to give a little bit more fantasy, to give a, or a little bit more something different that wasn't necessarily so grounded in reality, you know? Okay, because that was going to be my yes. next thought about uh, about uh, the Venom, the bad guys, the like monsters, mm -hmm. is what I, again, something I loved about the original three was it was grounded in such reality. Um, so I was going to object to that, but if we're talking about like kind of going beyond that and advancing that in in particularly that way and getting more fantastical with it um then that well, and, is and we're not, and we're not that we saying that they're like giant cgi mutants necessarily they're just no. roided up enhanced probably deformed somewhat by the venom they'd look more like sloth but with the body of a wwe <laughs> you know just wrestler. like the face of joe piscopo uh, there you go <laughs> <laughs> they all look like joe piscopo oh, bring bring back joe come on but but like but I just feel like Nolan already went into that territory too. When you think about with the bat vehicle at the end of the movie, like I feel like Dark Knight Rises, he was starting to tread in some pretty like kind of over the top, ridiculous stuff yeah. to a point. I mean, um, but at the same time, that's kind of like a DARPA thing they would look into. That's true. Like the military's looking at all sorts of crazy things like that. Anything that would give them a logistical advantage in an urban society for war. Yeah, which. Wayne Industries right. might be looking into that kind of thing. Yeah. So now, I think once you get a certain level of buy-in from your audience, then you can push them. So he didn't introduce that in the first movie. You know, he took a little while. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, that's what uh, I'm saying. I feel like this is kind of the next step where he has a little bit more license now. Of course, the Nolan style is still to keep it kind of reality based but you add in these kind of more exciting elements that are a little bit more sci-fi that are a little bit more you know uh, just different than what he's presented previously kind of like a helium balloon anchored in reality yeah like oh, it nice. it like can it can move and it <laughs> right. can get all this fun stuff but it can only go so far yeah. Right. I do kind of wonder though one, one more thing that you guys are talking about with if if we're talking about Hugo Strange being the big bad is that I, I wonder like for me I wonder if one of the reasons that Batman Begins that at least from my impression that Batman Begins wasn't as universally well received as the later ones is because the big bad was Ra's al Ghul who most people are like who? Like it wasn't the Scarecrow the Scarecrow was the minor bad, whereas in the next movie, exactly. the Joker was the big bad. I mean, like, I guess Two-Face was the minor well, bad. Well, that's, so that's why I feel like the Riddler is is really the one who's kind of like the star that gets the push in the he media. He is the main guy, okay. Yeah, so he he's taking, like, Hugo Strange is the one starting, like, the He's momentum. kind of Bane. Yeah. Like, he'll take the front over. and everything, and the Riddler is the one calling the shots, which we've seen in every Nolan movie. Yeah. There are two bad guys. One's right. pulling the trigger. The other one is running out into battle. And I think to go off of what Adam was saying to, to kind of twist it a little bit is because the I want I want uh, Nightwing or Robin or whoever to be dealing with the Riddler and not with roided up bad guys the whole time. So I think to take basically to take Adam's plot, what he's given us uh, so far, but just not have him battling um, maybe we introduce Venom in a different way, but just not have his the trials that he has to go through be dealing with uh, the Riddler's traps and stuff like that throughout. So, or so in other words, of the two. In other words, my second movie where Nightwing sure. is doing all the sleuthing and following the clues and the riddles, and it's not until towards the end where 
he gets put down or hurt. Right. And I, but I'm saying to go off of what Adam was saying, Hugo Strange is kind of behind it and sending him off to do it. But by the end, the Riddler has taken over Hugo Strange and is now running things. And Hugo Strange either dies or gets put down in some other way. But to go off of what Adam proposed in his last now, uh, the other part last of it iteration. too is so. So if that's the case, um, do we? I mean, it sounded kind of like in, in a similar thing to the the common thread was that Bruce Wayne is coming back. Christian Bale yes. will be in this movie in some form. Um, right. Do you guys? I, I, the the question is, what is the reason he comes back? So, do you guys like, for example, with my concept that that you know Bat Blake, you know, however, whatever you want to call him, gets to this point where he is just failing and maybe he's overcompensating with the violence and enhancing himself and whatever it is, and that's what brings Wayne back. Or do you feel like he just sees him failing in general and Wayne realizes he has to come back and do something? Like what would you think what what is the reason you guys like best for him to return? I like the fact that he gets like really dark. I think that's really cool that he just starts killing people and it gets to the point where he's defaming and uh, defaming the name of Batman or vigilantes in Gotham in general, yes. and he has to come back. I think that I love that idea. Okay, and now and so the other question is the only the reason I put in like the destruction of the boys' home is I do feel like that's the only thing that would really set Blake off. Like as far as what we know about him, as far as what was established, like yeah, that's he's where got his no family. <laughs> yeah, so that's the thing that would. So I feel like that has to happen. Like in one of the battles, it gets taken out, but he has to associate it with the Riddler, whoever he's trying to get through, which right. is why he's upping the violence against kind of the street thugs and other people he's fighting his way through to get to the big so bad. the big bad battle where the boys home is destroyed that would be our second act turn right basically so he's had an act and he's running around as batman like right. that's from from the get that's the thing from the get-go he's yeah. batman he's running around following these riddles then uh don't forget that he's shorter batman yes <laughs> shorter batman <laughs> getting bad press for being short gary coleman is batman and so he's failing he's succeeding but <laughs> he's he's now taking the venom well so so that's the thing so because I, how how would he yeah. get to the would he be uh let's say if he were to take the venom as i was suggesting could that warping of his mind take him to a point where he ignores the innocence in the building and that leads to the destruction of the boy's home which he would then associate with oh no that's the riddler that did it and now he wants the riddler more than ever yeah well i i think i think him taking the venom was a huge point of your story that i loved that i just think is is important otherwise we're saying he's like he was destined to always become evil basically he, yeah he couldn't handle it and in this case we're saying no no he did kind of have a lapse in judgment. He took the stuff to try to be better and stronger. And, and that is what has you know, now taken him down the darker path. And Jeff, you're being kind of quiet over there. How are you feeling about this direction? He hates it all. <laughs> <laughs> I ran to the bathroom for a second, to be perfectly Oh, honest. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Mystery solved. Thank you for not bringing the mic in with you. Yeah, no, I mean, like, if we are going down the Venom path, yeah, I don't know about because it's the other thing too that and i mean i know we haven't gotten into casting just yet but the reality is like i don't know that i see uh what's his toes jonathan taylor thomas no what's his name uh, <laughs> joseph, joseph gordon levitt <laughs> yeah i knew there was three names yeah, yes that guy 
I don't know that I see him as a John- Batman. Like, now don't get me wrong. Again, I did not like Christian Bale as Batman, and if I can get away with not bringing him back, I would be a happy person. But I don't know that he's that Jonathan Taylor Thomas is any better. <laughs> but I, but I, th- I think it's one of those situations where, like, it, that's kind of the point is that you? We're not buying him as Batman throughout most of the movie. We see him yeah, failing. He's right, he not to- getting it done. And then by the end of it, maybe he does pull it off, you know, like that. So yeah. so essentially his movie role will be exactly what we all think of him, that he's not Batman. Yeah. And that, right. Yeah. But then doesn't that make that a painful movie to watch? Who are, you, who are we rooting for here? I think it's a great movie to watch, watching the underdog become the so dog. So are we rooting, you think we're rooting for him to become the Batman we don't think he can be? No, yes. sadly we want yeah, Christian we want Bale's Bale, Bruce yeah. Wayne to come back and be Batman. <laughs> but that's what so that's what he tells us, no, you don't want that. This is the guy for the new generation, essentially. Well, that's now, I also, I also heard the rumor that, uh, and it's probably fact, but Christopher Nolan did say, he agreed with the studio that they would put Joseph Gordon-Levin in in case they wanted to continue and make a Justice League so that he would have been Batman. Yeah, which, you know, Batfleck, obviously. Yeah, uh, I mean, this out, is but, but ignoring that, that all of purpose. that Man yeah. of Steel, but... But, so, huh. so, but, but yeah, but I, I feel like he's one of those people, again, Heath Ledger, we didn't think, you know, the guy from 10 Things I Hate About You, yeah. and then he did it's an true. amazing Joker. That's I feel true. like, uh, you know, Joseph Gordon-Levitt could probably up his game by the end of it and we, we would probably have a transformation or they could just do some clever filming and make him look cooler than, than he's playing, yeah. you know? And, and like I say, you get that endorsement from Wayne who kind of is believing in him and, and by right. the end, you know, and I, I think that helps the audience kind of accept it as well. Yeah. And by the end, there would be the meet cute or meet good or whatever, where you see Batman physically training him so that he yeah. is getting the proper training and preparation to be the man. Yeah. Yeah. What if we the created bat- like a, even though, it, I don't know, like you said, Adam, it wasn't your favorite either, but what if we created like a Batman Beyond kind of scenario where Batman, like the, the kid is, you know, like has Bruce Wayne in his ear and he's off doing whatever he's doing, but he's always like, what do I do now? What do I do now? Well, I, I mean, I, I feel like that could work to a certain point, but like, at the same time, you want you want to have some confidence in him. You don't want him to be like because he seemed kind of you know confident at the end of the film. He's like I, you know you you get that sense. Yeah. Okay, he, Bruce Wayne believed in him. He will be able to take it over, and that's why I feel yeah. like he's good. He's just not as good. He's just not yeah. in the same place that Wayne was. He didn't spend eight years traveling the world, training and learning all these secret right. arts and all those didn't things. Didn't train so, with the League of Shadows. And, and he doesn't also have, like like I kind of mentioned, that Alfred brings up to Wayne, like he did not have the same support base that you had. And he did not have the same, you know... Uh, upbringing to look to so of course he's going to fail you didn't give him anything to strengthen him and you weren't there for him yeah. and now pretty you much have to pretty be. much bruce set him up to fail yeah and now yeah. he has to take responsibility for that and like you said jeff then he can do that kind of be the, the guide him to a point but i fe- still feel like by the end we have to believe that he could do it now the other question is um, so we are, it sounds like we are going with the venom idea. So he does have that dark moment. So we can still have the Batman versus Batman moment. You yes. Know? Um, but the question is, you know, it, it's more that he gets kidnapped and goes into detox rather than he has like this moment of clarity on his own. Like, 
in in a traumatic moment of his best friend is revealed to be the villain or whatever. Well, so are are we setting up Strange as becoming Batman or attempting to take over that mantle? I feel like that the, that should be the cut scene or not the cut scene, but like the credit scene at the One end. One of the credits where like, he's sewing his own bat suit. Yeah, like Strange is in it throughout and he is like playing like he is just kind of off and weird. And, and, and but he's always stalking Batman and he's always there, but he never interferes. And he's you can see about kind of rooting for Batman, just like different things here and there where you see where his allegiance is. And then, yeah, it just at the end is kind of a twist. You see him like put on a suit, you know, and he just looking like totally psychotic but he's got his batman outfit on you know or it's like it could be laughable except that he looks so scary like you're so afraid of this nut job you know yeah i think if if in that battle batman loses a piece of his costume and that cut scene is literally hugo strange picking it up and like that could work in that or maybe it would go maybe even even more so that like in the battle between between batmans that like robin has to like get it like he you're no longer worthy or whatever like you can't wear this anymore or something like that or like like he's the mm-hmm. one that loses it yeah I, I see what you're saying so like so wayne in that moment has kind of denounced him and hugo strange takes that almost as his opening like i right. should be the batman and you just again it's it's <laughs> right, like it's like least. quiet but it's like you see it in his eyes yeah. and he takes that piece of the armor or whatever it is and you, you sure. see him like this is my this is who i should be it's got to be like one of his gauntlets or something with yeah. that's very batman-esque yeah. but not the cowl because right. you wouldn't want to expose the new batman to the public in the mall yeah yeah i, I can see that so the the last it, part of oh go ahead jeff oh i was just gonna say because yeah i feel like if if it's a movie about one person learning to be Batman, like we can't have two people that are both trying. Like that's that's getting way too much. Well, no, but but I, but I think that's interesting though. It is, it is like if you have straight the there. Yeah, yeah, one person has learned is like okay, now you are the Batman, and then like all the, yeah, like a mirror sort of a thing, but not not as a main main part of the story. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. It's it's very much like in like he's just around here and there. Like Strange shows up with those moments like that play on that. But what we really have to figure out now is, so we're saying that the Riddler is the mastermind behind this. So he's kind of, you know, usurping uh, Strange's original kind of goals and his experiments. Because I don't think Strange would ever be in the place where he was like trying to be in control of the city or have like, he was. He just wants to do his experiments and wants to see yeah, what he can and do he's, and test the Batman and all of that. I mean, all of his questions with all the, the crazies that come into Arkham tell me about the batman yeah and now but what about so what is the riddler's end game then so we, we i mean if we go off my idea he's just trying to get that power with all the political so, figures so is he running the show with the venom then or is he trying to take down whoever's running the venom well oh, I, see i, I thought, I thought with what strange. adam was saying originally i thought with what adam was saying originally that uh hugo strange was at the beginning the main bad guy that we were supposed to think was going to be the final battle or whatever, um, using the venom and using the Riddler to get to uh, fulfill his end game. But the Riddler eventually takes over and puts him down and wants to kill Nightwing or, or 
Robin. Yeah, and that's and- what I'm saying. Like, I, I do feel like the Riddler is doing that throughout, and you slowly see, like, strange slipping away. All from his jail cell? Well, that's the thing. So where where does the Riddler fit into this? Is he, may, does he need to be in the asylum, or maybe is he a new person? Like, I, I would this? say maybe start him in the asylum and maybe take the, the parole aspect that was presented and get him out. Yeah, Strange lets him go, or you know, convinces Ar- Jeremiah Arkham to let him out. Yeah, that he's that he's reformed. But then, then Nigma, yes, yeah, is, is just working. Like, he's now streets, working through you know. Strange in Arkham. Yeah, and then, but I get that's what I'm saying. Like, we need to know, like, ultimately, what is the Riddler trying to accomplish? And other than just being in charge of crime, like, is he trying to blow up the city? Is he trying to? you know, kill some particular character that now, you know, is, is of concern. Like that's, I think that's the one piece we might be missing is yes, he's taking control. Okay. He's taking control, but for what end that we have to stop? What about we take from, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say it's because it's again, one thing about with, with, although Riddler's maybe a little bit different than, than some of them, but with, you know, with a lot of DC characters is that they don't have larger motivations. I mean, like the Joker in the comics, his motivation is he's the Joker. This is what I do. It's not like I want to conquer. It's not like I want power. It's just, I think it's funny to murder people. Like that's, that's his, that's his motivation. So it's like the Riddler, I feel like the Riddler's motivation could just be the riddles. Like I want to baffle like the, I want my riddles to be able to be out there. My thought was, well, one, and we're talking about this, like what if what if the the Venom thing ends up kind of being a subplot where it's like that's going on, but it's not like the major thing and that because it becomes the thing that like with Robin, like maybe it's something that he's investigating and then that's why he thinks that it will like it's a cheat or something like that. But then the second part is what if we made the Riddler kind of more like uh, what's his name jigsaw from saw what if his riddles aren't like what if they're sadistic what if they're like you know your riddle is you're trapped in this chamber that is going to kill you unless you figure this riddle out and you find your way out and he's kidnapping people and he's doing like i mean again that's a real world dark way to go but i feel like that might be and again that's his motivation is that he's just kidnapping people because he wants to prove how smart he is yeah that could certainly work i mean like you said you know in the the dark knight the joker basically just says look you know like i'm just out here for chaos and and alfred you know and we're destined to do this dance forever yeah and so so the riddler perhaps does not need a larger motivation on a grand scale um, but I just feel like there has to be something like, is he getting revenge on people? And those are the ones he's kidnapping or whatever. Like, I know you're just saying like the end game is he wants to outsmart everybody and wants to be able to prove that, okay, well, the Batman can't figure this out. The police can't figure this out. And, and I'm so just, do yeah. we, do we take this kind of the route that you were taking it, Adam, with the anonymous style? He's a no name front in the public, but he gives the riddles and he's seeking out his own form of justice. Whoever he feels has done him wrong or done them wrong, and he now is doing something to random people, like the mayor has wronged him at some point, and so he does something to the mayor, then another random upstanding citizen has wronged him, and so he does something and well, just that, kind of that, working around that That's what I was just thinking is... Is there a way to tie him to the mythology of the film so far that maybe he is related to some character that has been a part of the series that maybe got killed at some point or whatever? 
and he you know and that is one of the reveals is that he is taking this revenge you know but he but it's because of this thing that we would be able to look back at the films and go oh wow there it was right there like Hmm. he could have been i like the idea that they're both nightwing or robin and the riddler are newcomers that are trying to prove themselves and so the journey of both of these the good guy and the bad guy they're vying for the same thing that's good which is which is to make themselves be the man so again there's those parallels yeah 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 okay well that that works then and maybe you just have like a scene here and there of when the you know the riddler trying to get respect and all those things and he doesn't until he becomes the riddler that's the faceless like powerful figure that's kind of the anonymous and where in and then that's totally. when he gets his power and that's when he you know is kind of like really uh going over the top with it so so are we saying the riddler will be a one movie villain or a two movie villain because it sounds like strange is being built up to be multiple movies yeah but but i feel i, I feel like I don't, I don't know if strange is ever like the villain i feel like he's always like this character who's involved but he's not he's not ever like the the big bad the big bad because he's just because the idea of him wanting to be batman yeah is kind of ridiculous but it's also awesome and can be creepy but it, it could also be like ah oh, it's the guy who thinks he's he should be batman I don't know. like i just want to see batman in the cape and cowl with an amish beard <laughs> and i want to see brian cranston be batman with an amish beard which is that's the whole thing is because it, you, that's an awesome casting choice that i feel like it would work so but yeah i i feel like the end though i i do feel like the riddler should at least be captured if not killed um i just, I just feel like you so need send that him closure. back to arkham dr strange <laughs> is there and, and they can smuggle him out in the future sometime down the road yeah they think sure. they've saved it but they haven't because Batman they haven't seven. resolved it yeah yeah the dark knight geriatric yes <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah and then you know at the end again maybe it is a situation i i mean i've been trying to think this whole time how we could work in the virtual reality aspect of it where you know Blake is <laughs> at some point trapped in there, and then but I I just don't. I feel seems, like we've got it. Yeah, I, I don't like think it's necessary, good. but that was a great <sighs> twist that I like. Yeah, I really like that too. Maybe that's where they have the Batman v Batman fight is on the virtual plane. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> just cause. Yeah, exactly. just cause. They could. Wait, wait, wait. Before I mess you up, put on these glasses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. No, I, I, it sounds like we, we pretty much wrapped it up pretty well. So. Uh, yeah, and I like. I want to say that I really like uh, Jeremy's casting. Like, I kind of want Daniel Radcliffe. To be I Riddler. definitely do. Yeah. I mean, the, I think the, that's great. The only other name I'll throw out there when I was thinking of the Riddler was, um, you know, he was in a terrible movie, but he was probably the most interesting part of it is this guy named Eddie Redmayne, who was in oh, Jupiter yes. Ascending. He just won Eddie an Oscar. Oh, well, did, yeah. he Eddie won an Oscar did. for uh, for theory, theory of Everything. Yes. Yes, he and was, he was also in Les Mis. And um, um, Jupiter Ascending. And of course, I know him from Jupiter Ascending. Yes, and he's the worst movie of all of them. <laughs> I know him and, from crap And sci-fi. he's also the uh, the head man for the new Harry Potter movie. Oh, really? Um, or Magical Beast and Where to Find Them. Yeah. Hmm. That's set oh, like nice. in the past and also set in America. Interesting. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I, I just thought he was so, he's so creepy, but like, you know, he has that like, you know, he, he does have that very thin frame where he's not imposing in any way, but you can yeah. see him like snap and right. be a, a, a lunatic on some level. Well, right. we would have I to. I do like that one. We do have to choose villains that will be on the same height level as our Batman. <laughs> 
Well, unless we're referring to him as the short Batman. Yeah. Yes. And then He's we'll the bring Batman. in Tom Cruise next. <laughs> um, I also want to throw out a name that uh, I, I don't know if any of you know. You guys know who Donald Glover is? Yes. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Community. Troy. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of want him to be the Riddler, Ooh. but it doesn't have to be the Riddler. Does he have um, any dramatic work behind him, though? Dude, have you seen uh, The Martian? No. Oh, is he in The I've Martian? not seen he's that one yet. He's in it, and he's awesome. And he's Ooh. weird. He's okay. really weird. Huh. And well, so, like, seeing that, I was like, oh, yeah. He well, can, I, he, like, I know he was campaigning to be Spider-Man at one point. Right. Yeah, he's yeah. too old. That was his big thing. Yeah. What about, since we're sticking on a Harry Potter theme, it seems, what about, uh, I don't Emma know how Watson. you pronounce it, David Thulis, Professor Lupin? Yeah. He, as I the mean, Riddler? He's a, yeah, I mean, he like, the only thing is with Justin's point that I love the idea that they're like parallel, like younger guys younger trying to guys. take on yeah. like th- this bigger thing. Oh, that's he, true. If he, we're doing kind it that of way, older. Right. then that he, wouldn't work. And he he's looked, British. Yeah, he looked a lot like Jerry Jones too, though. <laughs> or not Jerry Jones. We were Jeffrey just Jones. Jeffrey Jones, yes. <laughs> like that actor though, Jeff. But yeah, I just don't think he fits yeah. for what the story Cause we're normally, telling. Because it's the tough thing. Because to be honest, like, and I know you guys said like about kind of like with everybody, like we talked about with Heath Ledger and everything like that. I just don't see Daniel Radcliffe. Like, I don't see the... I don't know. The he's not somebody that I look at and I think he's a genius. Not that I think he's stupid or anything, but it's just like there are certain people that you just look at them like Benedict Cumberbatch. You just look at this man and you're like yeah. he just seems smart for some reason. I don't know why, but he just That's because he has a British accent. So Eddie Redmayne is where we're going. Is. Yeah. <laughs> Radcliffe does, Red but there the are win. people with British accents that it just doesn't. Like, yeah. like I, I love the idea of like like from a marketing aspect, it's exciting to say okay, the redefining of Harry Potter, but it could play against you. It could yeah. very much be like people cannot but at the same time Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah. Again, he's being Batman. He's the the kid from Third Rock from the Sun. I mean, he's got a lot more work behind him now but 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 i just i i i can kind of see that in a way then the only thing is daniel radcliffe is a lot younger than joseph gordon levitt so like it like the parallel that we're talking about is not quite there whereas i think eddie redmayne is about the same age i mean if we're going off of the real age there's a little bit of a difference but at the same time like it all depends on how it's marketed yeah, yeah, how, how yeah. the characters presented and all of that, but I mean, do we do we need to take a vote on this one then and see where we're at in terms? I'm gonna of- go. I'm gonna go with Redmayne because I know from his body of work that he can definitely pull it off, um, and I'd be excited to see that. Uh, but I could honestly, I could see it either way. If if Radcliffe could pull it off, then uh, that would also be very exciting and very satisfying. Yeah, that's, what said, that's why I'm torn. Honest, yeah, and to be perfectly honest, like I don't think people look at him and and don't say Harry Potter. And if I'm a casting director, I got to take that into account. And we're talking about two major franchises that I'm not sure I want to get Harry Potter on. Hey, my. you got your Harry Potter by Batman. You got your exactly. Batman by Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, 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 Jeff, your vote is for for Eddie Redmayne. I'd then? go with Eddie. Yeah. Okay. Sounds like he he is one. Call his agent. Sounds. I'm, I mean, sounds like his I'm name is Eddie. Uh, that's true too. Ooh, that fits. Be with, real easy yeah. for him. <laughs> okay, and then I mean, and Hugh. Hugo Strange, Brian Cranston. I think that's a no-brainer. We just let's go with that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's really it. Done. I mean, I don't think there's any new characters really. Uh, I don't think there's a place for the Barbara story necessarily. So we don't we don't bring in a Batgirl yet. Uh, yeah. But but yeah, no. I, th- I think that's pretty exciting. Now 
poster wise just as we're thinking about like poster art for this um do you guys have you know we can't do the batman forever like bat well, well symbol first with a question mark yeah first off let's get a title oh because yeah. that would set up how we portray this okay i like legacy or what was yours mine was shadow uh, of the bat oh his was shadow of the bat shadow of the bat jeff said, you had legacy batman i had Lager. a new night a new night a new that, night that, that oh man bad, i like all the but... i uh... I like the Dark Knight Legacy because it keeps the Dark Knight title going, you know? Yeah. So the it, only thing is Tron just... Legacy, but, you know, it's it's sort of been yeah. done. That's but... fine, though. Because there's, I mean, that wasn't yeah, the first but Tron didn't. Legacy. I don't think Tron did well. <laughs> They're making <laughs> a sequel well. eventually. Yeah. I know. I loved it. Yeah, I, Adam, I loved Adam it too. asked I for it for his, uh, I got it for him for his wedding. He put it on his wedding yeah. registry. <laughs> that makes so much sense. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for that. Yeah. So to answer That's your awesome. question, Justin, you're wrong. Uh, <laughs> Tron was awesome. Uh, no, anyway, but no, no, I I think Dark Knight Legacy is right. It just I think it just fits for, yeah. for what we're doing. And that's I mean, especially because that was my thought. Is that especially if the legacy is this idea of the next person carrying it on? I mean, it's the same idea with that whole a new night idea, where it's that now. Because I would say the difference though is that uh, Dark Knight Legacy is now connecting it, so this is the continuation of that. Whereas a new night is a whole new thing. So right. it's kind of like, are we wanting to yeah keep this moment? momentum going well in which a, it sounds like in a way either way you're still you're still tied together right. you're not you're leading this one off for, with christian bale batman right but uh, it can go either way um, my vote for legacy i think that's a really cool idea cool aspect yeah Keeping now that. now the Keeping post when we think about the poster like you know like they, they you know batman begins and dark knight kind of had that i mean or i i should say dark knight dark knight all, Rises all three of them had the same symbol and then there was the flames the city crumbling yeah. and the bats i so, think it should be arkham with the with the symbol somehow in it arkham burning or arkham being very dark and mysterious with the like the the outline of arkham is the outline kind of like with different fragments of something to appear like arkham to kind of fit the motif of the other posters but i think something with venom where it's kind of more of like a liquid look to it or something Ooh. like like there's something kind of creepy yeah yeah where that, well, that's what i'm saying kind like, of a like, green liquid right. yeah. outline yeah, that, that's well, just kind of like playing around there. Or you just have the two the image of the two Batmans fighting, which is what right. everybody wants to see. It's <laughs> funny. Distorted. It, actually, well, except for then you're ruining kind of one of the big moments in the movie. Yeah, you don't want to give true. that away. Right, but if you want to get their butts in the seats to begin with. So it's kind of like if we wanted to just stick with that, I'm kind of done with it. But, you know, if people are still in love with that same image, we could do something like that where, like, yeah, it's Batman, but now it's the new Batman. And I was thinking even, like, what's the one What's the one image that I'm looking I guess they're all kind of the same. But the one, like... Um, uh, well, Star Trek um, Into Darkness, right? That was the second one? Uh-huh. Where it was... It was I don't remember if it was Khan or if it was Kirk or whatever, but it was him from the back and he was looking out on like, I don't know, destruction or something like that. You could do that same sort of an image, but this time it's the back of Joseph Gordon-Levitt as he's looking at the cave. Well, and, and I was thinking of something similar, but I was almost thinking if we're going to tie it a little bit to Arkham, what if it was, you know, Joseph Gordon-Levitt in the back costume or whatever version he's wearing, but he's looking at a cell door that is in Arkham. Saying. So, so then he's looking in and you sort of get a glimpse of the Riddler, you know, from within, but it's just, it's very shadowy. It's very kind of, you know, you're not quite clear as to what you're seeing. I like seeing. that. 
but but it, but it, but it, so then it so the it all majority in. of the poster would be just like the a open door. cell door yeah. slid open. You see the bars and the solid wall, and then you also see just kind of barely silhouette shadowed the bed, the toilet, the window, and the window is giving off the silhouette of the Riddler. Something like that, or even like my my thought was maybe not even that detailed. Like hat. it's literally like in a bowler hat, of course. Yeah. <laughs> But it's like a giant steel door that's all like rusted and decrepit, you know, and it's just the opening. It's the slit that you can see in through. So so it's you're not seeing a whole like a whole scene. But but it's but there's like scratches. There could be little clues and things written on the door type thing, you know, like little riddles, different things kind of like. Okay. So so it's like the, the whole poster is like the door. But, yeah. but but it's but like I say, it's all it's all stylized and everything. And then there's the Batman kind of looking in and then there's the outline of the Riddler or whatever it's going to be. It, again, that, that, was, that was one image that popped in for me. Uh, it, I think that'd be about, cool. I'd, what about like a, a prison set? Like because I well, the two that I was thinking about was building off of that one or maybe in addition to something like that was that of just like a cell door that is a jar. And then on the door, it can say, like, you can see that it says Riddler or something, but you can see that it's open, like he's gone. Or, or e. E.Nigma. Yeah, E.Nigma. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's true. It wouldn't say the Riddler. Uh, or one where it could be, uh, again, Batman inside of a cell, and on the cell wall is, like, either is written, like, something cryptic, or maybe it's written, like, just... Uh, question marks everywhere seems like that might be a little extreme yeah. but i mean it depends on how they're carved they I, could be carved kind of creepy or i could see like one major carved in question mark either mm. on the door like the front of the door that we see a jar it's got mm. e dot enigma and then underneath is scratched the big question mark mm-hmm. kind of scratching out the name even maybe like the curve or something in the, the question mm, possibly mark. Like just sort of like so you see it's like that was his statement like I've I'm now the Riddler and I'm leaving the cell type thing and Batman's there looking at I it. really like Jeff you had the the idea you had about the cell I think it would be cool to see like Batman in the cell yeah like because like yeah because he's cell, troubled he's, yeah he, it's, but it's just kind of he's, symbolism he's yeah. become the bad guy you know that wait but are we doing that yeah does I, that that would kind of be misleading because Batman doesn't end up in jail right mm. but yeah. But, I mean, it sounds like I, I like the idea of having, you know, the question mark on the door, you know, Batman kind of like, you know, investigating it because because that's the other thing is maybe you don't want to show Joseph Gordon-Levitt in the bat suit like full front, you know, you don't want to give the full view of him yet. So yeah. it is like kind of from behind type thing. You just see it's Batman. investigating. So you see thing. the outline of the cape and cowl, just the backside of him. Yeah. And you're, you can see through the little window mm-hmm. and that's where you see the outline of somebody in a bowler hat. Yeah, looking like out that. the I other window, that. right? Just to give depth and enough light to be able to see into the cell. Kind yeah, of thing. and then like I said, lo- lots of little scratched-in etchings and stuff on the door itself. The stuff you know, somebody could say venom on it, or you know what I'm saying? Like there'd just be like these different little things, little clues, yeah, that like, people can use for viral for the fans. Easter eggs on the door, yeah, yeah, because and that just yeah. you know. Because that would have to be part of the viral marketing, right? Is there's going to be all these riddles out there that people have to find on different outlets and sites. And That's great. And I love that, yeah. yeah. And then the soundtrack is going to be the same. Yeah, Hans, Hans Zimmer. Zimmer yeah. There is no noises. question. <laughs> Just lots of noises. Yeah, there's not going to be any, like, uh, no, no Bruno Mars on this one. <laughs> no, 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 no. All right. Well, that was... I, 
I think we got a we got a fun movie here. Get Nolan on the phone once Zack Snyder's done and uh, Ben Affleck's gotten his jollies playing Batman and directing. <laughs> Do you guys did you guys realize that that Ben Affleck now gets to go and make oh, his yes. own Batman movies? That's his. That's the deal. That was the reason he signed on to be yeah. Batman, and they even backed up two of his other random different style movies so that he could focus on. Okay, now we've got three Batman movies. Go to town. So maybe it'll be that thing we just wait for is the return of Christopher Nolan after all that's done and gone. Unless we love those movies. Maybe I, be I, great. Think, I think this was more an other world That's true. This, style this is our alternate timeline. Or else world. Still, somebody get Nolan on the phone. Get his opinion of yeah. all this. <laughs> I don't know. And, and I mean, like pre this and even including this, I'm a huge, big Christopher Nolan fan. And I kind of I kind of want him roaming out there wild and free. Like, I want him to come up with more junk like Inception and more just like, what the heck? Like, I remember, I think, Justin, you were the first one that introduced me to Memento. When I saw that, I was like, what? Who even yeah. thinks about this kind of stuff? Now, right? uh, it's just it's like, f- that's him. It's funny you mentioned that. There's already talks of a remake of Memento. Oh, yeah, which is what? sad. So sad. There's there's, no point. I believe there's a petition out out for Christopher Nolan not to do it what? to not you, remake it what? leave it oh, alone he was oh that it? should be yeah like sequel. it was going to be remade oh like, a sequel to memento that yeah guys, i don't i don't see totally, it either but the next one should be a sequel to memento <laughs> directed by ben affleck <laughs> <laughs> nailed it done all right, everybody. Well, that's that. Uh, we hope you enjoyed our Tales of the Bat. And uh, here we go now. We just wanted to send a shout out to all of you. We want to hear from you. You know, we're, we're several episodes in now and we want to know what you think. So be sure to check out our blog at sequelquestpod.com. You can send us an email at sequelquestpod at gmail.com. Go ahead and uh, check out our Twitter account at sqpod. And more than anything, now we're on iTunes. We would really appreciate just your help. Review us, subscribe to to the podcast so you get to hear every single episode. This is just the kind of stuff that's going to help us to grow the community and just get more people listening and more people for you to chat with. With and share your sequel ideas with because we want to see what's going on in your mind we share our ideas but we know you guys have them too so reach out to us let us know what you think and what you're thinking as we close the show give us your best bane bye-bye goodbye batman bye-bye to you all farewell fair gotham mr wayne goodbye All I can say is Mr. Wayne, really. We thank you for joining us for this episode of Sequel Quest P.O.D. We hope you'll return next time when we discuss another film that never was. For more made-up movie fun, visit SequelQuestPod.com to see the schedule of films to be discussed in upcoming episodes, fan art submissions, and more. Follow us on Twitter at SQPod and share your ideas on our Facebook page. The films and characters discussed on Sequel Quest P.O.D. are the property of their respective studios and license holders. No copyright infringement is intended. And I thought my jokes were bad. Uh, we are talking today about the Nolan, Christopher Nolan, franchise of Batman films. I agree with you. Yeah, oh, were, were you wanting us to cue in, or <laughs> I, I no, was expecting I was, some type I just, of jump I was, in I for Batman? I was waiting for Sorry. us to agree. And <laughs> I thought so you were going to save the day. Okay, exactly. uh, so just to let everybody out there know, he's correct. 
uh, this is sequel quest, and we are going to talk about uh, Batman. Also, then do Michael Keaton Batman. You want to get that? Let's get that. Yeah. Let's have more like but Al that's Pacino. That's Yeah. Uh-huh. That's true. That's not his Batman. I Batman. No. Anyway. No, no, no. See, the Keaton is just more breathy, and then Bale is just more. Brrr, and then more you got to do the uh, the George Clooney. I'm Batman. Hey. <laughs> Hi, I'm Batman. Also Bruce Wayne. Also, uh, you're Hi, dangerous, just... Robin. You're a loose cannon. Just put it on the bat card. <laughs> so reach out to us. Let us know what you think and what you're thinking. What, yeah, what you think babe. and what you're thinking? What you think <laughs> and what you Two different thinking. things. <laughs> I have the worst with intros inside off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, I think we're, we're ready to cap off the episode here. You guys want to strike fear into the hearts of villains everywhere. Give us your best Batman voice. Oh, I thought we could do our best Bane voice. You want to do no? Bane instead? If you want to sign Pick off one. as Bane, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, you died at the hands of Catwoman. Do a Come on, did here. you have to bring that up? <laughs> Gosh. It's nice to meet you, Batman. <laughs> and Yoda, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Wayne, goodbye. <laughs> All I can say is Mr. Wayne, really. Mr. Wayne. <laughs> that was like your impression of if Bane and uh, Alfred had a love child. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> that was amazing. That was amazing. Coming from Scooby Doo Yoda. Scooby Doo Yoda Bane. Uh, I thought my jokes were bad.